promotional consideration paid for by the following. Boxergimmicks.com, you know, with new items each week. The official store of what happened when, you know, something to wrestle with and 83 weeks. You know, log on and get your gimmicks for the wrestling fan in your life, you know, or something for yourself. And buy patreon.com, you know, forward slash WHW Monday. Want to be a low-key big hog or a glass bottom boat rider, you know? How about a member of the Hog Tag Express or the Slapdick Nation? So, you know, join Conrad Thompson and Tony Schiavone with bonus podcasts, behind-the-scenes videos, you know, live weekly chats and new content each week, and by LoisRules.com. You know, get all your t-shirts from what happened when right now. You know, I remember Lois really well from when uh, we did our first tour in America, you know, Wings Across America, or was it the Beatles? I don't know how old she is. I think she was a both. You know, she was a teenager. She was just such a wonderful fan, you know. She would uh, come up to Linda, you know, and uh, tell her that she could sing way better. And, you know, we would, uh, you know, hang out, you know. And uh, this was before I was a vegetarian. <laughs> and uh, and uh, we'll just leave it at that, you know. Love you, Lois. Never forget. And by StarCast 4. StarCast is coming to Baltimore November 7th, you know, staying there through the 10th as part of AEW's Full Gear Weekend, you know. Go to StarCast.com to get bundles that include bracelets to all the stage shows, you know, plus tickets to full gear. And by the debut of All Elite Wrestling, AEW will be live on TNT each Wednesday night beginning October 2nd, live from Washington, you know. You say you want a revolution, you know, so join the revolution starting at 8 p.m. Thompson, and you're listening to What Happened When? With the voice of our childhood, Tony Schiavone! And we have a real-life six-man team today. I can't believe it. We've been graced with yet another Schiavone. How many of these motherfuckers you got running around here? Well, I don't have any running around here normally, but Chris Schiavone is here with us. Hey, Chris. Hey, guys. How's it going? Good. Great. You, uh, <laughs> we should announce that. <laughs> We are live in the Batcave, the famed Batcave that all the patrons on Patreon are familiar with. Yeah, how about this that? This is where you do your broadcasting every week. You've got a uh, 
Well, basically, it looks like Pee Wee Herman's Playhouse <laughs> if Pee Wee were in a Star Wars and comic book. That, that's right. Exactly. And uh, we got a couple of dogs up here with us. I need to say that it was very difficult a decision for me to allow you in my house. Well, you, you proclaimed last week that it was absolutely not going to happen. Right. But you did you know, swear that we had to go right upstairs, which we did. That's right. I did have an opportunity to gaze left, mm-hmm. gaze right, and mm-hmm. most importantly, gaze down. Yeah. The dog hair is, yes. in fact, a shoot. Yes, it is. We could make a Navajo rug <laughs> or a sweater for my big ass <laughs> okay. with just the dog hair in the foyer. I know. Uh, but to the right, I saw a, a peek behind the curtain that I'm not supposed to see that I will be taking a selfie with and sending yeah. it to Lois. Yeah, if it's Lois's dining room, which normally is a dining room, but it has all of her uh, sewing junk in it. So, Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, is this breaking news? Is Lois the official seamstress for AEW? Uh, no, I don't think she is. She did put the patch on my jacket, though. Okay. Is Lois also responsible for your attire? Because if so, we need to make sure to never promote her business and not let this spread. <laughs> As Efren pointed out on uh, Patreon this week, mm-hmm. uh, when you interviewed Cody last week, you liked the clearance rack at Kohl's. <laughs> I get my shirts at Kohl's, okay? It's a nice place. By the way, I love that you're wearing the Air Mall Walker shoes today. Uh, these are uh, what would you call those? These aren't these aren't Jordans. What, no, what are these? These are Skecher work shoes. Mm. And That's and what you, they are. you need this as you sit and call pretend fighting for AEW <laughs> yeah, right. work shoes. That's that's what I and then I've got Mario Brothers socks on. I got to tell you now those are the most legit part of your whole outfit. Okay, thanks. From Big Lots, by the way. Big no, Lots. From Big Lots. I ordered these online on Amazon, Chris. Thank you very Bullshit. much. Bullshit. You don't order anything. Your wife does it for you. In oh, fairness, wow. when we got here, there was an Amazon package at yeah. the front door. Right. And uh, I can't wait to see what that is. I can only assume it was a cock ring. <laughs> it, it was, I, I also want to say that I invite you here because Lois is out of town. Right. And yeah. I'm thankful for that. Yes. Yeah, because no. she would be downstairs right. yelling, you're sick. <laughs> That's right. Uh, but really, you know, we're, we're here to... Have fun and talk about this sick, ailing dog that is before us. <laughs> we uh, we have identified that this dog that you lovingly refer to as Chewy yes. looks like the before picture in a rescue situation. <laughs> I feel like we should be playing some Sarah McLaughlin really low in the background for $1 a day. But this, you tell me this dog eats fucking better than we do. Yeah, this dog, this dog, is, uh, this dog has problems. It's Lois's dog. Well, there's problem number one. And, and he's really having uh, some problems that his mom's not here, so. Mm. Okay. And well, then- he doesn't look sad as he sucks his own dick. <laughs> um, I got to tell you, when I saw this thing, I thought, as as unkept looking as it is, yeah. I mean, it's the mangiest dog I've ever seen. <laughs> That's right. That is. wasn't, like, up for adoption. <laughs> right. Or, whatever, or, you know, hey, you got four days left on this one. Well, it's, it's I mean, a, that's what it looks like. It's a wire terrier. They look like that. You see? Well, speaking of the wire, we're going to Baltimore soon for StarCast 4. That's right. We are. And uh, we've got some big talent announcements, but none bigger than Chris Shivani. Yes. Uh, you've got so many damn foot soldier children. We got Matt Shivani. We got Chris Shivani. Mm-hmm. How many more Shivani's can we get involved in my StarCast shenanigans? Uh, well, we got Laurie Shivani. Uh, we've got my daughter. And then we got Tim, who does the brewery, Best End Brewery. And then we got John Michael, who attended my wedding. Attended your wedding, and since that time has not been seen by this family. Well, you know, I, I, I guess now's as good a time of any to reveal this, but when you <laughs> refused to come to my wedding and instead sent a. Um, a messenger. Yeah. Uh, I had to decide a Theodore boy or an Athethan. 
and I threw him off the mountain. So okay. he's at the bottom of the hill behind the Conradison now. Okay. That's why his, I haven't seen him. With his Asian persuasion. I'm kidding. We ate her, but I was hungry enough later. Uh, so we're watching In Your House Mind Games today. Right. Yeah. I'm pretty excited about this because you've never seen it. No, I haven't. You never kept up with any of the competition. And uh, until recently, you've never even seen a Shawn Michaels singles match, correct? Uh the first Shawn Michaels singles match I saw was the one with Sid Vicious that we did. Right. Right. That was and that one. was from a month, uh, two months after this. Right. Okay. So that was November of 96. This is September of 96. And I don't think there's any comparison when you think about quality of matches with Sid versus Mick Foley. Can we agree? I think that would be... Uh, pretty fair. Pretty fair. So Absolutely. Mankind is the opponent here for Shawn Michaels. And as okay. you can imagine... He has been working a rather hardcore style. He's fresh off of a boiler room brawl match with The Undertaker. And, of course, Shawn Michaels, more of the finesse guy. He's been the champion since WrestleMania that year. So this is the one of the very last in-your-house programs. We're going to get a handful in 1997, and then we're going to move away from the in-your-house concept, uh, and they'll go all to uh, three-hour pay-per-views. But this idea was... Shorter show, less money, and we're running between the big shows. You guys had already figured out that, hey, if you're really passionate about the product, you'll pay a little more and get a little more. So uh-huh. you guys never tried the two-hour concept, but we're going to see one of the finer ones here, I think, with a spectacular main event. I'm excited for you to watch this. I'm excited to watch it, too. That was 96. Chris, uh, let's see. In 96, you were in middle school, right? Yeah, no. I was still in elementary school. Still in elementary. I was nine years old, turning nine years old. Okay. Wow. Well, there you go. There you but go. I've seen more solo Shawn Michaels matches than you have, and that's kind yeah. of ridiculous. Well, in fairness, your dad was knee-deep in the NWO. This is the, uh, if you remember, Tony, uh, you guys ran opposed to this, the Fall Brawl War Games. This is where Fake Sting right. was on Team NWO, and then, of course, Real Sting came in, cleared house, right. proved to the good guys, Lex Luger, Rick, and Arn, that, hey, you doubted me, but uh, I, I showed you who I really was. It wasn't me. You didn't believe me. Now you can stick it. Right. And walked out, and then the next day, the crow sting was born, as he told the fans who didn't believe him, they too could stick it. So, two big heroes in WCW's you know, storied legacy, Hulk Hogan, turns in July of 96, and then here in September, we wonder, what does this mean for Sting? Is he NWO? Is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy? And the crow character was born. There you go. Should we talk about Blue Chew here? Well, I mean, I was talking about wrestling, but if we want to talk about dicks... Speaking of Blue Chew, this dog right here, mm-hmm. I got to imagine this is what you look like before Blue Chew. There's just sparse, <laughs> intermittent hair, a little pink right in the middle. It's kind of smelly. It's very similar to Tony Schiavone below the waist, but that was before Blue Chew. And now, I don't know, Chris, have you heard about how hard your dick, your dad's dick can get these days? <laughs> no, I haven't. But it sounds like since he calls this dog choo-choo that he needs some Blue Chew. Oh, wait. What? Can we do that? I don't know if Blue Chew's been tested on animals, but I'm up for it right now. No. <laughs> we're not, we giving, we're not giving Chewy Blue Chew. Why not? Because he's... It's named after him. It's No, I don't care. It's We're not... Because he's out of his mind anyway. He's a crazy dog. What if we did this? Uh, my cousin is in the room. Uh, Clint Jones is here. Hey, Clint. Uh, Clint, you're a young man. How old are you, Clint? 24. 24. 20, Clint's 24. If we gave you one of Tony's private stash Blue Chew... Could we like do a time lapse to see how fast it took for you to get super hard? Yes. 
Okay, great. Put that up on Patreon. That was yeah. Andy Sell. Boy, he said that quickly, didn't he? He did. And here's the deal. I'm, I want to do this because I know it's going to be a short video, and I'm not making a small dick joke. I'm saying these things are chewable, so they work faster than regular pills like Viagra or Cialis. Right, Tony? Yeah, can work twice as fast. But the good thing is it comes right to your house in discreet packaging. Well, unless I'm here to tell. Right. You know, you got the cock ring today from Amazon. But the Blue Chew is going to show up and it's not going to say, like, hey, we'll get your dick hard real, real fast. Check it out. Blue Chew in here. This guy has AD. It doesn't say that on the box. It just says, well, your name and your address. And then when you open it, ta-da. Ta-da. It's a surprise. It's the gift that keeps on giving. Right. And no waiting rooms, no appointments, no judgments, prescription delivered discreetly to your door, and you, if you qualify... Which means you have a penis. Right, right. You could get approved within 24 hours by an online physician. That's how easy it is. Now, to be clear, you know, this is a real process. It's not just go order it and come on. You're actually going to deal with a Bluetooth.com certified online physician. That's right. They're going to make sure you get the right active ingredient. They're going to make sure you get the right dosage. Uh, And then if you qualify, which means you don't have terribly high blood pressure and you do have a penis, uh, then they're going to get you one. You're going to chew this motherfucker up. And, dude, the magic happens, right? The magic happens. You can have stronger and longer erections. That's exactly what I know you've been looking for, and I know Lois is loving it. Uh, Chris, I know you listen to the podcast. Is it awkward for you to hear about your mom getting beat out every Wednesday? No, actually, I support it fully. There you go. Well, that's how you got all your brethren. I mean, at this point, there's more of a fleet of Shivani children than just a... I mean, it's like a clan, right? You you guys are almost to a football team, right, Tony? Yes, we are a basketball team with my daughter. With a sixth man. That's right. Yeah. Exactly. And and we know which kid's coming off the bench. We won't give yes, any names. Yes, we won't give any names because he'll get mad at me again, probably. Uh, so uh, here's the deal with us as part of Blue Chew, and Blue Chew's been with us for quite a while, Conrad. And, and your erection will be with you for quite a while, yes, too. Yes, it will. But don't just take our word for it. Try it. And as any good drug dealer would tell you, the first hit is free. That's right. And we're going to get you your first super hard cock of the year for free. All you got to do is go to bluechew.com and use that promo code. What is it, Tony? WHW. And right there, it's a box of free hard-ons for you. You've just got to pay the $5 shipping. It's going to come to you very discreetly. It's fast. It's legit. It works. You know, if it'll get Tony Schiavone and Jim Ross hard, it'll probably get our listeners hard, too. You know what? I would think so. I mean, you guys have been on the dusty old trail for a while. (laughs) And to get these things you know breathe life back into them right i mean because i imagine your dick the first time you took bluetooth looks like one of those like inflatable men at the car dealership like it's just limp and laying to the side and then it goes all squiggly and everywhere and you're like oh my god look look things are happening and uh anyway it can happen for you too bluetooth.com use that promo code whw and without further ado I think we should fire up In Your House Mind Games from September 22nd, 1996. The main event is going to get four and three-quarter stars. How about that? Wow. Wow. Yeah, so lots of behind-the-scenes talk, if you're into that, uh, for this show available on last week's episode of Grill and JR. Uh, but we hope that you're watching it with us because Tony is going to give you a brand-new take, having never seen any of it. Okay, so as I said, Lois is not here. So we're going to let, uh, let Chris, Chris do, do the countdown. countdown. Do a three, two, one, play for us, buddy. Awesome. Three, two, one, play. So we start out with Mankind, the face of fear, right? Yeah, and what's cool about Mankind is he's essentially doing a, a variation of the Cactus Jack character where he's not this bold, um, 
psychopath. He's more of a quiet, introverted. They did something different with him in his presentation. I think you would appreciate it. He may not be the first guy to do it in wrestling, but he's the first one I remember. He had different entrance music versus his exit music. So when he came to the ring, he'd have one song, but when he left, it would be a different tune. Really? That's to neat. sort of show the psychosis and the paranoia and the different split personalities that he had. He would pull out real clumps of hair. You would see like looks like your dog here, Chewy, where there's like gaps of hair where it's like, oh, that looks like a normal coat. And then other just where somebody's just snatched his poor ass bald. Now, of course, we know this dog, Chewy, is a victim of abuse. Mankind is actually doing it to himself. Okay. So was that the story? That's the story that... Uh, oh, and check this out. This is a recap from SummerSlam. Right. When Mankind most recently wrestled The Undertaker, unbelievably... Paul Bear, after all this time, turned his back on The Undertaker and cracked The Undertaker with the urn. I couldn't believe it happened, but it did. And so Paul Bear is now in the corner of uh, Mankind, and he's sided with Mankind. And most importantly, he's against The Undertaker. So a bit of a departure. Of course, Paul Bear and The Undertaker for years and years here had been together, I guess, six years at this point. Wow. So now we were actually uh, in 96 here, we as in WCW. We were defeating these guys in the ratings, right? You were smashing them week in, week out. Uh, there were times in September where you guys almost doubled the rating. Uh, really, really tremendous. Now, some of these weeks we should mention, uh, specifically the first week in September, so uh, three weeks prior to this show, uh, you guys ran unopposed because Raw was preempted. Uh, and then the following week, they did like a Raw, a Raw Friday episode. And uh, here you go. There's the open. I don't know if you've ever seen an In Your House before, but the original concept within your house was they gave away a real house at the very first one uh, back in 1995. So there was a way you could register, and they picked a winner, and some kid in Florida won a legit free house. Was the plan to do it like that every in your house or just the first one? No, they, they started naming them different things and had a different theme. And how about this for a three-man booth Wow, here? man. Mr. Perfect, Vince McMahon, and Jim Ross. We should mention as well, this is brought to you at the uh, Core States Arena. This is the first time wrestling's been here, as far as I know. This seats 22,000. There's going to be a good crowd on hand, about 15,000. It is a record for In Your House as a concept. They've never had that many people to an In Your House. They historically ran smaller buildings. And it's about a $200,000 gate. They had never had that many, uh, that much at the gate as well. And on the way to the ring here, the former world or future world champion, JBL, but here he's known as Justin Hawk Bradshaw. And his second is uh, Zebediah, mm-hmm. I believe is the way they pronounced it. But, right. of course, here, uh, me and you know him as Dutch Mantel. Dutch Mantel and JBL. You know, we had a, a chance to uh, spend some time uh, this past uh, uh, this past summer, right, with JBL. First time I'd spent any time with him. and uh, It's easy to see why he's been successful. Charismatic motherfucker. Yeah, he really is. Absolutely. You, you, you meet him as a wrestling fan, and you have all these preconceived notions, and then... You know, I like a lot of people. Just decide to. I'm going to treat people how they treat me. Right? Couldn't be funnier. Couldn't yeah. be more irreverent. Just right. Great comedic wit and timing. And you look at there, downtown Bruno Harvey Whippleman is our referee. Now Kevin Kelly is the backstage interviewer at this point. Now, of course, he's one of the voices of New Japan Pro Wrestling. Right. Are you familiar with Savio Vega? Did you see uh, any of his stuff? Well, he, you know, he did a little bit of wrestling MLW. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So you saw him there. Yeah, he's uh, much bigger than now than he was back then well i tell you he's got his working boots on here yeah. he uh, is responsible for helping some of the big talents in the company get over steve austin would say that savio vega really helped him find his way in the wwf they had a series of caribbean strap matches what they're about to do here 
that he really Stone Cold really felt like helped him hit his stride in the company and stand out and get Vince's attention. And then when Goldust or Dustin Rhodes was trying to find his way with the Goldust character, he was sort of reluctantly getting into it. And Savio is the one who suggested that maybe we do a, a something that sort of teases some homoeroticism or whatever the term is, where you like rub your hands all over my chest and maybe grab my butt or whatever. <laughs> And and the fans just pop for it huge, and that's when Dustin says the light clicks. Like, oh, okay, that's how I do this. That's how I get it over. And a lot of guys wanted to avoid that. Like Razor Ramon didn't want to have a match with Goldust like that, but Savio Vega did, and as a result, the Goldust oh. character was a hit. Isn't this supposed to be a strap match? Yeah, they have not hooked him up yet because Justin Hawk Bradshaw is attacking him right away, but they're going to hook his wrist up, and uh, then we'll be off to the races. We should also mention... That uh, I said earlier, this was in Philadelphia. Seated in the front row are Sandman, Tommy Dreamer, and Paul Heyman. So to our left, over the far right, right there in that corner, uh-huh. uh, right behind that is where you'll see Paul Heyman seated with both Sandman and Tommy Dreamer, one on either side. You can see him right there on the far side. Now, of course, the rules in the strap match are you've got to touch all four sides. You see Heyman coming into the frame. There's right, Sandman and Dreamer. Right. They all got their ECW shirts on. They're right. going to do a little bit of an angle here, and this is a quote-unquote worked shoot where uh, Justin Hawk Bradshaw had no idea what was coming, neither did Dutch Mantel. And right before they went out, uh, Bruce Pritchard told Savio Vega, hey, uh, whatever happens out there, don't let uh, that big bastard, talking about JBL, uh-huh. uh, hit anybody. And so Vega didn't know what that meant, but he knew, hey, some shit's going down, and I got to roll with the punches. And you'll see exactly what we're talking about here in just a minute. Wow. As you see the strap around the throat of Savio Vega. Uh, JBL was legitimately a, a really a tough guy, wasn't he? I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, I wouldn't want to fuck with him. No, I mean. Especially not in this era. Right. But I heard yeah, he, he was, had played he had played football and right. uh, came up in the ranks sort of hard-nosed. And, right done some stuff in Mexico and with Stan Hansen and right. he had been around. So where did the strap match originate? What was the first strap oh, match that, that you can remember? Sandman spitting the beer yeah. and you see Savio Vega like what the hell's going on and Sandman smashes himself in the head with a can and notice they're not shooting it and zooming in. They're trying to shoot around it. Right. And JR would tell us that they did that to add to the realism with the idea that if they focus on it too much and you see Paul Heyman restraining sandman and here comes jerry briscoe who is a legitimate shooter right bruce smartened him up on the way out of course Uh briscoe saw him on the monitor they were chanting ecw during the pre-show and getting the fans into it uh and so briscoe thought i need to go take care of this and bruce kept saying no leave him leave him leave him and when that happened briscoe got fired up and bruce as briscoe stood up bruce grabbed him by the belt and said hey when you get out there tell paul Heyman i said valentine and that's when J- Briscoe looked at him and realized, you motherfucker, this was a work, and I didn't know. Because they didn't tell anybody. Right. So none of the boys knew. Uh, but somewhere walking around in the stands is Taz, who is maybe a little paranoid at this time and wondered, are these guys really going to work with us, or are they going to try to do something dumb? He wanted to be there to jump in in case shit got sideways. And you see security now escorting ECW out of there. They would do another little stint the next night on Raw, where Taz would jump over the guardrail holding a sign that says Sabu fears Taz. And they would briefly acknowledge it like, oh, there's an outlaw independent wrestling organization here. Mm. Very small, but uh, very uh, passionate fans here. We apologize for the corruption or disruption, whatever. (laughs) Jeez. So it was a work shoot, which is a cool thing. It got a little buzz. People were talking about it. 
Uh, but obviously, had they told everybody, then it would have leaked out. Or had they shot it tighter, then you would have known, oh, it was a work. It would have leaked out. You know it would have. Of course. Yeah. You can't tell anybody anything. Uh, Chris, back to your point. Uh, the first Indian, uh, the first strap match I remember was Wahoo McDaniel. I don't know if he started them or not. Well, I asked Bruce that once, and I said, "Where did the Caribbean strap match come from?" And Bruce said, "Caribbea," uh, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that's not even a place. So. <laughs> that's right. Well, I remember the Indian strap match with Chief Wahoo McDaniel. It was yeah, a big thing I remember in that. That's yeah. the first one I remember as well. Right. But the the old country whipping match has right. been a, a big part of Southern wrestling for a long time. Right. Where you would give fans the opportunity to hit wrestlers with belts. So when you're thrown from the inside of the ring to the outside, they would take their belt right off of their waist and just wear your ass out. Oh my God. And they really? still do that on independent wrestling. Really? Yeah. In the South, that is a thing. Well, you know what now? Okay. In 2000 and 2019, I can understand it because the fans are kind of in on it. But back in the day and old, they believed it. They believed it. It was real stuff. So I they mean, were laying them in. Yeah. Uh, but wow. you know they they had it's a variation of the lumberjack match I guess but sure I had seen the strap match in WCW with like the Stan Hansens and Lex Luger's and the strap comes into play a little bit but there's not just tons of hey we're gonna whip the shit out of each other with it but they are definitely doing it here and I gotta tell you as a, a gimmick match I sort of like the concept of I've got to touch all four corners yeah just because I, I did it gives too. you hope spots something you can cut off right um, it, it adds to the drama. I still have the uh, event shirt. I want to say it was 94 of the Sting and Vader strap match. I still have the shirt. Vader with his mask on. Sting. Good stuff, man. And they call still fits, like too. King of the Cable or some shit, right? I have no idea. Yeah. Didn't really watch that shit when I was younger. You're more of a WWF guy? <laughs> How about that? <laughs> yeah. He, they know. They watched the stuff. They all loved it. Do you know that years ago, this is when we lived in Connecticut, we had uh, Lois and I went to New York City to uh, to a show, and we had Leisha Murphy was who worked with us was our babysitter, and she called because one of the kids, I think it was Chris, had baby had body slammed another one of the kids <laughs> on the foyer floor, <laughs> and the foyer had a marble floor. It was probably Tim and that I cut body his, slammed. Cut his head open. No, that wasn't me. That was you. Slammed. I didn't do that. And Lois came back in. She said, "No more watching wrestling." So, so Connecticut, that was 89. 89. And, uh, and the twins were like two years old, and you were like four. And you slammed them on their head. So there you go. Well, I should have been a wrestler. <laughs> no. Oh, that so. would have been great. Yeah, that would have been great. Yeah. Can you imagine how many kids would have taken liberties with your kids had they gotten into wrestling? Yeah. Dad never put me over enough, god damn it. <laughs> Buff Bagwell would have said, I'm not anybody's lackey, you little fucker. Bam. <laughs> Give me your wallet. I'm going to steal that too. <laughs> Who's the referee here? Downtown Bruno, Harvey Whippleman. Harvey Whippleman, absolutely. He's still with the company, believe it or not. It Really? Yeah, absolutely. And there you go. He's touched all four. We should mention this match really was just to serve as a backdrop for the ECW uh, skit or bit, right. uh, because they put this match together on the pre-show back in the day. And you, you guys did this too. You would have like a pre-show to get people hyped up and place those last minute pay-per-view buys. Well, they called theirs free for all. And they would give you usually a sample match and then lots of interviews and skits. Well, JBL and, and, and them had a bit of a skirmish right before on the pre-show. And then he threw down the challenge and uh, Savio accepted. 
George Napolitano on the front row as Taking well. Taking Sandman's old seat. Right. So you think JBL was pretty pissed off that this was just kind of a backdrop to that angle? Oh, no. JBL's brand new to the company. He's just glad to have a job. Okay. I'm not saying that to be disparaging. just saying he's brand new to the locker room. Just, hey, any opportunity to be on pay-per-view. Believe it or not, what we're going to watch next wow. is Jim Cornette cutting a hell of a promo wrestling Jose Lothario. Oh, my God. Now, Jose Lothario at this point is 712 years old. And um, Jim Cornette is at his most frustrated, most hating WWE and WWF. He hates living in Connecticut. He hates their hard rolls. He hates that they can't get Chef Boyardee uh, spaghetti and pizza. Uh, This is all according to Bruce Pritchard. So uh, Jim has said on his podcast that he was just like, hate eating. So he, he had stress, hated his job, hated his circumstance. So he's uh, packing on the LBs. So you're going to see Jim not at his best here. Meltzer would say that he had a knee that was giving him some trouble. So they're going to keep this match really, really short. I think it only goes 57 seconds. But the original main event, and you're not going to believe this, was supposed to be Vader and Jim Cornette taking on Shawn Michaels and Jose Lothario. Now, Jose was Shawn Michaels' guru, right? That's or? right. And that, okay. Yeah. So he was his... Uh, Mr. Miyagi, if you will. Right, right. We talked about that at the uh, Survivor Series 96 episode, which is available in the archives. If you remember, Sid struck him with a camera. Right. But yeah, look at this outfit here. From, look at this ass. Good God. Yeah, not not the uh, not the most flattering outfit that Jim maybe could have picked. No. Here he is. Yeah, Jim had uh, picked up a little pounds there. What, what's going on here? So backstage, we're seeing Fake Razor and Fake Diesel Oh, this is the absolutely fake. kick the shit out of Savio Vega. Now, I don't believe this aired on the pay-per-view. I believe this was on the Coliseum Home video. Uh-huh. And as a reminder, um, this is when you guys were being sued by the WWF for using, stealing their IP and showing WWF characters. Yeah. Uh, and internally there was a memo where you referred to Scott Hall as Razor. Mm-hmm. So all of that has created a situation where their attorney, McDivitt, has said, well, you know, technically they don't own the characters we do, so we can just create a new Razor and Diesel. And they did. Ooh, good day ever. So Jim Ross is the guy tasked with being the quote-unquote heel, and he teased a week before I have it on good authority that uh, Razor Ramon and Diesel, two of your favorites, are headed back to the World Wrestling Federation. And so we just got a glimpse from behind at a distance. Oh, my God, that's Razor and Diesel. Mm. And, of course, we know, no, they're just counting their, che- their cheese in Atlanta, chilling. So did the, so this was the only time you saw the fake Razor and Diesel on this show? Or on, did they- on this particular show, show we're watching, right. yes. Now, he would introduce them on Raw the very next night. Razor Ramon would come out after Jim cut an in-ring promo for about three minutes. That was outstanding. Where he talks about what a piece of shit Vince McMahon was for firing him with Bell's palsy and blah, blah, blah. And then he said, you know, I'm here to give you fans what you really want. And let's bring back one of your favorites, Razor Ramon. And out comes Rick Bogner, which is, uh, mm. yeah. Yeah. Terrible. How about all the empty seats here too? As you're, I know. As you're going back, what do you think of the set in your house? Uh, it's kind of, it's almost like, uh, it's kind of like a, a flare for the gold type thing. It's exactly what it is, right? Yeah, right. Jose Lothario, holy shit! On pay per view, bro. Jesus, what are they doing? Who knows? 
I guess I can't make fun of it too much. A year later, you guys would present Miss Jackie versus Disco on pay per view. <laughs> <laughs> well, you try things. You understand? No, you try, I, you I hear you, but yeah. I don't know that I would want to try Jim Cornette in a wrestling match in 1996. No, I agree. Although we saw Jim Cornette and uh, and Paulie, remember that? And that he was selling his ass off. Yes, he was. But that was 1990, right? And he admitted right here, like, "Hey, my knee's jacked up. I don't want to do this." Right. But uh, supposedly, and I think me and you've talked about this before, the original idea was Vader and Sean at SummerSlam 96, and then the next month, after a lot of interference from Jim Cornette, let's do a mixed tag of sorts, where it's wrestler and manager, wrestler and manager. So it would have been Vader with Jimmy and uh, Sean with Jose, and then we would build towards Survivor Series, where it would be a rematch with Vader and Sean, and Vader would pick up the title. Of course, we know... Sean wanted nothing to do with Vader after SummerSlam, so they call an audible. Vader's out of the title picture. Sid is in, and they're going to build to that later in this show. <laughs> this match sucks. Of course it does. <laughs> it's, it's elderly. Yeah, well, nothing. Oh. And that, that's your finish. That's it? Super sock Lothario, big left hand to the jaw, and the crowd goes mild. We're done. Jeez. By the way, Tim White, the referee there, right? When you weren't watching uh, mm-hmm. in the late '90s, maybe it was uh, yeah, it was probably the early 2000s. Yeah, had a skit on Raw every week called the Tim White Suicide Series, where every week he would think of different ways to kill himself. Are you serious? Yes, gotta show you that sometime. <sighs> the Tim White Suicide Series, something like that. He got a, they got away with that. Oh man, they they had an elderly lady give birth to a hand on this show. <laughs> Like a hand, a hand. They, they, yeah, they. Yeah, she. Uh, Mark Henry had sex with May Young. Yeah, she was like eighty-two or something. Right. And uh, he impregnated her. Right. And uh, what he impregnated her with was a white hand. Right. And and you can tell Kevin Sullivan he did not like that booking. <laughs> Kevin Sullivan thought that was a piece of shit booking to have a black man impregnate a white oh, lady. Oh my God! Would you look at this with a white hand? That must be the pizza here. Pizza's arrived. That's what. Yeah, I dispersed him to. I dispersed Clint to go pick it up. Okay, look at Sunny. I didn't know we were acknowledging. Sunny is hotter than a two dollar cap gun, right? Oh, she is, man. And you got uh, Mark Merrow on the left, the former Johnny B. Bad, right? And on the right, the former WCW World Heavyweight Champion Ron Simmons. What's he? What's he got on his head? Exactly. That is. (laughs) That is. uh, What the fuck were they doing with him? I don't know. I would call it a reservoir tip. (laughs) I would think would be the only thing. His Mega Man impression. That's what Dude, it looks it, like. It, it, that does look just yeah. the worst shit ever. So the idea is supposed to be he's like a Roman gladiator. Okay. But yeah, two of the hottest ladies in the history of WWE, uh-huh. Mark Miro and Ron Simmons. And there's Mr. Perfect. Yeah. Dude, can you imagine what a contributor he would be in wrestling today if oh, he was still with us? Good God. With this AEW revival, he could be like the best color guy ever. Could yes, he, he could. Well, I don't. Uh, was he good? Uh, here comes crazy man and look how good Pillman's walking here you know Pillman at this point had really been struggling with his ankle going back a whole year right uh, but here he is man yeah. strutting out to the ring they've teased by the way um, that we're going to have an interview here with Brett the Hitman Hart uh-huh. because Brett has disappeared after he dropped the world title to Shawn Michaels at Wrestlemania he left Right. he would start working on uh, some TV there you go. And, uh, and that sort of thing and they've promoted that this will be the first time we hear from the Hitman and they were sort of flirting with the idea of maybe doing like a Pillman talking segment, like a Pillman's version 
of uh, Piper's Pit or something like that. Since right. he can't wrestle, let's give him something to do. Get right. some TV time out of him. Right. And you hear here that uh, Brett is not going to be making it. He's not coming in. And he's saying that you're a liar. Hmm. Well, you notice that when the pizza arrived, all the dogs are your friends now. Yeah. Yeah. They, they like him. Well, these looking at Chewy, I don't think Chewy's ever had real food. <laughs> Bless Chewy's heart. He's a good little boy. He's a good little boy. Clint, you're welcome to eat, by the way. Yeah. And you are too, Chris. Well, yeah, we ordered the food for, for consumption. Right. And Chris never turned down a pizza. He's oh, no. I know yeah. that for sure. So there you go, Brian Pillman cutting a promo here. Because the birthplace of freedom has become a cesspool of drug abuse, battered women. Well, he's he's right. <laughs> Welfare recipients, he's right again. Oh my gosh. <laughs> if you need any more proof, just look at the scum. But Pillman was uh... now when did Brian when did Brian die again? Uh, 13 months after this. Wow. Yeah, he doesn't look well, he doesn't look well here, does he? So instead of bringing out Brett, who was promised, we're bringing out his brother, Owen. Okay. You saw some of Owen's work in WCW. He was there for a couple of Oh, months. yeah. I liked Owen a lot. Yeah, and he was, uh, you know, they, they, they talked about him being such a great ribber and everything, such a great kidder. Uh, I really, uh, now this, so this was the, this was their uh, Piper's Pit type thing, but they, they did it in the ring and I don't know if it come, if it came across or not. I'm still in your wife's shitty beer, by the way. Okay. Well, we're, we're drinking beer here too, apparently so. And so we're just having a great time. Beer, pizza, and watching wrestling. Can you beat that? Huh? No! <laughs> He's eating. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, let me just tell you, this AEW catering sucks. It does? You don't like the pizza? No, this is awesome. I was referring to when we were shooting something earlier today. Oh, yes. For AEW? Bro. We should have had some gluten-free, <laughs> non-GMO, HGH. You can hand me one, Chris. Thank you very much. Pizza slices all around. I should mention that Tony Schiavone has the most eclectic soda choices ever. Mm-hmm. Diet Mountain Dew uh-huh. and Vanilla Orange Coke Zero... Uh-huh. With Splenda and tampons. <laughs> I would have had uh, the diet uh, mellow yellow zero, but I'm out of it. Diamond is sad. <laughs> Did you hear that episode, Chris? No. Your dad got a blowy from all <laughs> I did not, Chris. No, no, no. He definitely did. Uh, Silva was there. He'll back me up on this. And the poor young lady's name. Well, Silva's a lying Mexican fuck. Well, the poor young lady's name was Diamond. And so when she came into the room to service your father, I offered her something to drink. And she said, well, what do you have? And I said, well, we have water. 
We have Diet Coke. We have vodka. We have Diet Miller Yellow. And she passed. Well, then when she got done servicing your dad, she came back into the room and said, I think I'll have that Mellow Yellow now. <laughs> so it's like the palate cleanser for a little Shivani load or two. So out coming to the ring, the guy that Bret Hart is really afraid of, the reason he's really not here, according to his brother Owen, Stone Cold Steve Austin. He's fresh off winning King of the Ring in June of 96. Here we are in September. So just three short months later, he's about to be one of the biggest stars in the business. You see the flashbulbs going off. Fans know this guy's going to be a big deal. Right. But he's not yet got the glass break. He's not yet stunning um, Vince McMahon or anything like that. Yeah, stunning. Sorry mm-hmm. about that. Can you believe that you guys couldn't figure out what the fuck to do with this guy? Yes, I can believe that. Amazing. Here they are, the Hollywood Blondes. And look how cool they are in here. Feels like a no-brainer. So this is before Stone Cold was really hot, is what you're saying. Yeah, he's just now getting hot. He's just come up with Austin 316. That's starting to catch a little bit of momentum. He's going to wrestle the returning Bret Hart. That Survivor Series, which you watched and thought it was a great match. Right. He got himself in a little bit of trouble with this promo because he says, if you put an S in front of Hitman, you have my thoughts on Bret Hart exactly. Shitman. Uh, he, got, he got in trouble with that on a pay-per-view? Yeah, Vince didn't like it. Jeez. And he said, Bret reminds me, uh, so Pillman said, so you think Bret's a chicken? He said, no, he's the slimy substance that comes out of a chicken's rear end. Oh. So lots of shit references here. As opposed to just shit wrestling, which is what you were familiar with. (laughs) Well, you know, I do need to say this. In a wrestling show, all wrestling is not good. Of course not. And there's going to be some stinkers. There'll probably be some stinkers on AEW. Don't you think? There There has to be. Yeah. Can't be home runs every time. No, that's right. People have off nights. I mean, Mm -hmm. the, the... if you're human, you're going to have shows that are better or not as good. You can tell Pillman's limping a little bit here, too. Yeah. Vince right now is apologizing to our viewing audience for some of that commentary. Mark Henry, man. Cool motherfucker, buddy. Yeah, he comes in with a lot of heat here, Mark Henry. He's fresh off the Olympics. He wasn't as successful as he would have hoped to have been. He had a lot of success before, but didn't win the gold medal. But Vince wanted to sign him beforehand, thinking, man, if this guy wins a gold medal, we'd really have something then. We'd be able to say we've got the first gold medalist in the history of wrestling. Right. 400-pound dude dunking a basketball. So very athletic, but maybe not acclimated to wrestling as well or as fast as they would have hoped. So he comes in with a lot of heat because of that $250,000 contract for 10 years. Because a lot of the guys who have been paying their dues for a long time could put in much better matches. So he took a little bit of shit based on jealousy. Really? And I don't know who would give Mark Henry shit. He would I don't either. He bend you in half. You're damn right he could. But there you go. And what a tag team here. Owen Hart, British Bulldog. Chris, what would you think of this tag team? Mm. 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 <laughs> As an announcer, you're supposed to hold your microphone at all times. Sorry, I was chugging a beer. Um, the Bulldog and uh, Owen Hart, 
Oh, I'd flip channels to see this. <laughs> I thought they were a good time. Yeah, I liked them. Yeah, like I said, boy, I flip channels. Yeah, boy, uh, Davy Boy really look good. Oh my God! Look, how about these fucking gimmicks all in one room? The doctor looks like Dick Slater. <laughs> it does look like Dick. So here you see, what you may not notice is. Jim Quinnett's the manager of Bulldog and Owen Hart. Okay. He just signed away his rights to manage them, and he doesn't know it. He signed it away because he thought, well, they just need to have somebody out there, so he'll just accompany them to the ring right now. But what they did is just explain a real reason why Cornette would no longer manage them. So now they're managed by Clarence Mason, who on the heels of the uh, O.J. Simpson lawsuit, they wanted a Johnny Cochran-type character. Oh. So that's Clarence Mason. And you see Billy Gunn dropped a few LBs here with his brother Bart. They're the tag champs, but Bart is contending. Maybe Billy's distracted by the uh, Daisy Dukes of Miss Sonny. I got to tell you, I got real issues with you right now, Tony. Why is that? Well, because you have just, I mean, basically beat off all over this show for three years about Francine and right. Deborah and Medusa. Right. And now the real goat is here. Sonny, and you're not putting it over, you motherfucker. Uh, yeah, oh, she. Sonny right here is like a sore Peter, man. She is hard to beat. She is. Now take a look here. A giant poster of Sonny, which we've seen before on other shows, but instead they've defaced it to add a goatee and glasses. Two Bulldog and Owen, all my love, Sonny. Uh, who, uh, who supposedly did that? Bulldog and Owen, they're rivers. Well, ladies and gentlemen, the dogs are out. <laughs> and if you're wondering, who let the dogs out? <laughs> it was Chris Shivani. We don't have to keep going who, who. <laughs> Kevin Sullivan, not happy with this arrangement. <laughs> was he in the garage again? Oh, he's outside trying to get in the fence. <laughs> okay. He's trying to get back in there. Okay. I uh, got it. It's all right. good. All right, Chris, We're good. Chris took care of the dog. I'm back. Oh, good. She's still on TV. It's the best thing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, she's uh, she's pretty good. Have you ever tried to get her on StarCast? She's in prison, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> she's not available. She's still in prison? Yes. Wow, I didn't know that. I think if you have 73 DUIs, they don't let you out right away. Okay. But I hope that she gets her shit together, because I would love to have her at every StarCast ever. Yep. She would yeah. be uh, an unofficial mascot for us. <laughs> Much like Jimmy Hart. She'd be our female Jimmy Hart. Yeah. A few years ago, Rob, Rob Feinstein had a bit of a convention, and I think one of his gimmicks was you could get under the covers with uh, Sonny. So the deal was you would get in bed with with Tammy Sitch, Sonny, and they would take your picture with you and her in bed. Wow. And that's what I want to do for all of our patrons, <laughs> you and Efren, shit like that. Mm. I'm sorry, say that one again. Uh, well, Chris and I were talking earlier, and we agreed that if you really wanted to give back to the fans, you could give them something up close and personal and show some support for our sponsors, Manscaped and Blue Chew. Right, and so you, how would I do that? Well, you could ask but, naked under the covers with Efren. Uh, or the I'm, rest of our patients, too. Tim in the summer suit, Super Dave, Jay-Z, Travis Langley, Paul Bromwell... 
You know the deal. And listen, 10% of the proceeds go towards uh, Chewy. Yes. <laughs> and dogs that are uh, you know, not doing so well. I need haircuts. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> hey, got a good match going on here. I'm no, gonna this ignore- is going to be a real good match. Yeah. I mean, I, I love Bulldog and Owen as a tag team. Yeah. And I think Sunny was really a good manager for what she was. Now, I know you can't hear her, but she's shouting instructions and oh, yeah, slapping was- the mat. It's very Jim Hardish. She was very active. I, I, I have... Are you trying to make a sex joke there? <laughs> no, she was very active. She did fuck Bulldog. She, uh, she admitted to that. Okay. So she... I have, I have a... I have a hard time putting my head... Wrapping my head around Jim Cornette being the manager of the Bulldog and Owen Hart. Well, at that time, you got to appreciate... Um, he was just the manager of all the heels. Oh, okay. Yokozuna... British Bulldog, Owen Hart. It didn't matter. Like, if you were a bad guy, Vader, if you are a bad guy, he managed you. Okay. Sort of like how once upon a time all the bad guys in WCW were managed by Jimmy Hart. Okay, got well, I mean, I guess, you know, even in a decade prior to this, everybody was managed by, if you're a bad guy, Heenan, Fuji, or Jimmy Hart. Like, right. They had little heel stables, and they were still trying to do that a little bit here. But Cornette was miserable being on the road, didn't want to do it. And uh, maybe he negotiated or bartered. We should ask him sometime. Did you agree to do this match on pay-per-view if they'd take you off the fucking road? Mm. Yeah, Jim. Uh, Jim's a different guy. And he's now the voice of uh, the NWA. How about that? How about the that? NWA doing studio wrestling, and you're not involved. Yes. Been replaced by Jimmy Cornell. J- who's he working with? Uh, that guy, Joe, whatever his name is. I, I don't. I don't know who he's working with. There's another guy they got. I don't know. I wish them the best of luck. Don't you? Oh, of course, yeah. dude. Mm. I'm a big fan of what you know they've been trying to put together. I think Lakana does a great job of that video series. And mm-hmm. who's not a fan of the Smashing Pumpkins? What's your favorite Smashing Pumpkins song, Tony? Uh, wait a minute. It's the one that was their hit. Was it 1999? 1979. I'll 1979. Give you for that. Okay. So I noticed as we're in your Batcave. Yeah. That we've got. Uh, well. A collection of framed WHW prints. Two right. giant posters of mm-hmm. some of Dave Silva's tremendous cover art. Yeah. One inspired by Indiana Jones, another inspired by Back to the Future. I love that. Mm-hmm. Then we had uh, the What Happened When poster from Starcast, mm-hmm. which is tremendous with a drawing of the Shockmaster busting through and cartoons of me and you below. But what I notice is that particular. Oh my gosh, did you see the. We don't need to talk about that one. <laughs> You're good. What did we miss? You missed it. You're too, you're oh, too busy boobage? staring at... Uh, the boobage? Of uh, uh, pictures. Yeah. Well, I don't know if, how to tell you this, but she caught Dick on video. Okay. I can show you. Like, <laughs> Chris, like, Chris being a Georgia Bulldog fan, I was cutting <laughs> you off of the pass. Because you were getting ready to talk about... I'm not talking about yeah. the football thing. That's I'm what you were going. You went right there. You were going in order. No, no, no. I'm stopping right there with the poster. Because mm-hmm. what you have framed mm-hmm. has your own autograph on it. Does it really? It, it like it doesn't have the Shockmaster's autograph. It doesn't have Sting or Bret Hart in the background. It doesn't have my autograph. Uh-huh. It has fucking yours. Okay. You framed your own autograph. Mm. That's where we are. This is a <laughs> level of narcissism I've never seen before. I didn't where realize that. You framed your own fucking autograph. Okay. I'll have to take it off. I got a couple more in the in the drawer. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. What's funny is when you met Clint, you said, Hi, what's your name? And then you started signing him an autograph. And he's like, I don't fucking watch wrestling or know who you are or care. <laughs> so I'm getting paid by the hour. Okay. 
So now Jim Cornette has signed away his tag team to uh, this. What was the guy's name? Clarence Mason. Clarence Mason. Like uh, Perry Mason. Right, but Clarence Mason. Yeah. Like, I thought you were talking about Sonny's boobies. No, I thought you were going in order to make fun of Georgia. Oh, no, and no, I was I cutting no you off real hard. Of Georgia. Yeah. I, I think Georgia's great. <laughs> <laughs> sure you do. No, I mean, listen. we got to have somebody to make us look good. Y'all oh, are stop it. Damn. Y'all are the That's boys. why you have Auburn. That's why no, you have Auburn. No, but at this point, they're the George South. Everybody knows they ain't winning. You know, They're going to make us look yeah. good. That's it. <laughs> How do you fucking wrestle in jeans? That's what I want to know. Fuck or wrestle. Because I, I know how to fuck in jeans. I couldn't answer the wrestling part. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, uh, Billy Gunn's one of our uh, coaches. Absolutely. In AEW. Good guy. Right. I'll ask uh, him. You'll ask him? Yeah. yeah. You can ask him. Did you ever notice that once Clarence Mason managed Bulldog and Owen, they both died? Hmm. You gotta wonder had Jim Cornette not signed away their rights, would they, history have been different? Hit, that's it's one of those things. That, you, you just never know. You just never know how your life's going to turn. How about that referee in the ring right now? Is still there. He's on Raw every week. Really? Wow! Not unbelievable. Real? Oh, Enzigiri, oh. man. Owen Hart had one of the best Enzigiri's of all. Yes, he did. What Owen Hart? Everything he did was good. Yeah, it's one. He's one of those guys. There's some of them that get it, and there's some of them that don't. I think Owen is almost like WC, uh, the WWF version of Bobby Eaton. Yeah. Where everything he put him in was good. It was good. Yeah, he didn't get a ton of opportunities to do big stuff, but when he did, he excelled. And he always wondered, like, why wasn't he given an opportunity to do more? Right. Maybe he wasn't the best promo, much like Bobby. But when the bell rang, man, fuck, he ain't going to beat that. Look at Sonny. She looking good. As Bruce would say, all the way live. Mm-hmm. Of course, Billy runs Bulldog into the steps. Billy's dropped some serious weight right here. Well, Clarence Mason, what's uh, what's he doing now? Does anybody know? No, and no one cares. <laughs> uh, let me assure you, he will not be at StarCast 73. Oh, okay. Must have some heat with you. Now, oh, uh, no, no. Not at all. Just he was here for a cup of coffee. It would be gotcha. It would be akin to booking Jason Hervey for a star cast. Uh, I'm lazy. Oh, that Chucky doll y'all brought out. <laughs> Remember when Rick Steiner got in a feud with a doll with with Chucky? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure did to promote a movie. Oh, what about this idea I had for star cast in Baltimore? Oh boy, you know, look, there's so much rich wrestling history in Baltimore, especially WCW stuff. Sure. What if we did like a Judy Bagwell? Oh, stop! On a forklift photo op. So she's on the forklift. You get on it with her. Take your photo. It's a fucking home run. Really? You don't She'd think? have to bring Marcus with her. No, she wouldn't. She used to call in for him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to call him. Ask for her number. How do you think that goes? Yeah. Wow. Ugh. And there comes Owen off the top. Nails Billy. we got a double down situation. Yeah, we need that view. Yeah, we've got a good camera shot. I think Sonny's the goat of female wrestling man. Do, do you really? Really? You think, think she's a better one than her? Yeah. Not for my money. Yeah, well... You're, well, the other ones probably aren't in jail, though. You are uh, You're partial to blondes, though. I know that. Oh, of course. Yeah. 
And I'm not. I'm, so. I'm more of a brunette guy. Yeah, me too. Now, what made you think I was mostly a blogger? Because I married a blogger? No, because you've talked about it with me before. You've mentioned that before. That you were partial to blondes. Yeah. Usually I look for blonde hair, mm-hmm. big boobies, daddy issues. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can check all those boxes. <laughs> may have a position for you. <laughs> Bart Gunn was underrated, man. He was, I know a lot of people think he was like the Marty Jannetty of the team, but Brawl for All, which was a failed concept two years after this, uh-huh. uh, he was knocking motherfuckers out for real. And a lot of people put their money on him. And of course, we remember at WrestleMania 15, uh, Butterbean was ready for him, and it looked like a crime scene. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to, I've got to watch that. Oh, I can't wait to show it to you. Yeah. I mean, you're going to think there was paperwork involved. <laughs> really? Oh, it was brutal. Mm. But, you know, can't fuck with them Bama boys. Butterbean's from Jasper. Oh, well. If, if you're from Jasper, you probably, I mean, you might not be very good at, like, physics or science, but you know <laughs> how to fuck people up. <laughs> That's all there is to do down there is fish and fight. Mm-hmm. You know, Butterbean was an Alabama guy? Yeah. It's got a barbecue restaurant down there near the lake. Wow. <laughs> Crime scene. <laughs> that's that's it, great. It's, it's brutal. Like, if you were to watch it now, yeah. if I was to play it after this, Chris Shivani and Clint would both just start yelling, World Star! <laughs> and it was one of those where you're like, fuck, that's going viral. Yeah. <laughs> and Billy got undistracted, pushes Bart, Right into the finishing maneuver mm-hmm. of the Bulldog, the power slam. How about that? And there's your winners and new tag team champions. Clarence Mason, as their manager in the very first match, leads them to the gold. Sonny has lost it, and she is having a conniption fit to the point that Vince McMahon has to exclaim, Holy mackerel. <laughs> and the fans bought it, man. They like that finish. Oh, well. They liked that you saw a title switch. You know, right, right. These days, a title switch really mattered. Right. And of course, Sonny, not happy with her boys catching a hell here. The thing that really sucked to me about that finish is instead of just going right in to break up the pin, the way the pin was positioned in the ring, Billy Gunn had to, like a doofus, walk S- around, around them I to get to that. Owen. And it was like, this is nonsensical. Of course, Sonny not happy. She's about to put the bad mouth on him, is what uh, Jim Ross would say. Mm. Would you let her put her bad mouth on you, Chris? Dan? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I would. I would, too. I bet she could cut a hell of a promo. I bet. See? That's what we were talking about, Chris. See, you were thinking something Uh else. Oh, dude. Or are you not thinking something else when you look at her? What if on Patreon we, like... Trying to call her. And got her on the phone? Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, we don't think. How would we arrange that? We have to find out where she's. Yeah, just call the corrections department. And And what is she in Pennsylvania? I think she's. She's in Carbon County. Carbon County? I think that's in New Jersey because when WrestleMania was up there this year, I thought about doing a StarCast around WrestleMania. And like my ultimate 
sunny experience was going to be we bus you to the prison and you get your photo made right outside of the bars you know she'd be inside you'd be on the outside like hannibal lecter <laughs> you know and you could get your photo made right there right you could put some money on her books bring her some cigs whatever <laughs> <laughs> seriously i love sunny i'm busting balls really excited for her to be out and turn her life around and yeah when she's can't wait to have her at yeah. sarcast 73 <laughs> Which at this rate will be like October next year. <laughs> That's right. Well, I'm going to do one. That's it. I'm done. Well, we're getting ready to have number four. You know how four came together. I got asked to do it, and I agreed to do it. Sure, you know? I get and that. Now I'm like, motherfucker. I know. What am I signing up for? Yeah, I know you're signing up for. I was really happy with the CM Punk thing. I was ready to just ride off into the sunset. That worked out really well, didn't it? Dude, it was tremendous. Yeah. Starcast Three is the best one we've ever done. Yeah. So easy, so smooth. Can't wait till Chris Giovanni comes in really. Ruins it. Ruins it all. I'm going to fuck it up. you got to bust your ass, buddy. You think you can work behind the scenes of StarCast. It's just fun. Wrong you are. Three was the smoothest one yet, though. Yeah. So here's Mankind doing a crazy voice. Can we listen to this just for a second? Yeah. Never mind. He's got it. (laughs) You see, Uncle Paul has told me that it's my destiny. To hear Shawn Michaels' gurgle screams. It's my destiny to hear his liver rupture. It's my destiny to hold my hand aloft, Uncle Paul, and cuddle that heavyweight title. It's destiny. And after that, we'll all have a nice day. So, what do you think of that, dude? It's whacked, man. Uh, the the way he screeches his voice uh-huh. and I mean it was really really good. It's different from anything he'd ever done at yeah. that point. It showed how versatile he was. Well, you used to tell me that he wouldn't turn down anything and would do anything he could to to get over to get over. Sure he would. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and here comes Jerry the King Lawler. Didn't he tell you a story, mankind, uh, Mick Foley? Didn't he tell you a story of you? <clears throat> he was doing a, a cage match and he said, Tony, I'm going to be thrown from the top of the cage tonight. And you asked him what the fuck he was doing? No, he, no, that was, he was going to throw himself off the balcony in Philadelphia. Uh, off the balcony. At the Civic Center. So now we got a little video package of, uh, of how we got here uh, with yeah. Mark Henry and, and Jerry Lawler. And really, if you're a wrestling promoter and you need somebody to sort of take care of your new investment who's maybe a little green, maybe a little wet behind the ears, is there anybody better? No, Jim Cornette. No, you're I mean, right. Not Jim Cornette. Jim Lawler. J- Jerry Lawler. Jerry Lawler is is the right man to to go in a ring with you. Lawler could have a match with my cousin Clint and make it look believable or at least entertaining. Right. Yeah, he could do. He was is tremendous. What a career, huh? Yeah, I mean he's still going. I saw him um, all out weekend. Cut a promo on Mance Warner where he got a hero's welcome. People were so happy that you had a legend like Jerry Lawler there that even the hardcore Game Changer wrestling fans were super excited to see him. And right. He gets in the ring and cuts a promo that just turns the crowd immediately, and he just keeps piling on, piling on, piling on. I mean, it was probably 10, 15 minutes of just shitting on him. Right. And the crowd is just beside themselves by the time Mance Warner actually touches him. A master at his craft. Yes. And something else I saw him do that I'd never seen before in real life. He re- he took a beer bottle from a fan in the crowd 
and broke it against the ring post and acted like he was going to cut Mance Warner with it. It was like, holy <laughs> shit, we're about to see some real shit here. Talk about For beat. just a second, you're like, oh, we're going to see a murder. <laughs> Talk about improv, man. Yeah, breaking beer bottles. Absolutely. Think of all the stuff that he has done. Yeah, with, with the AWA, yeah. Memphis, with Kaufman, with announcing with JR. I mm-hmm. mean, yeah, just a, one of the great careers. I think, you know, and I know people are going to disagree with this, but. That's okay. Let as, as I've gotten older, I've started to have more appreciation for the versatility of performers. Right. Like, not just one trick ponies. Right. And I think in the more recent years, I've decided that Bobby Heenan, Jerry Lawler, and Mick Foley are in my all-time top ten. And they wouldn't have been there just a few years ago. I would have named other guys. But those guys excelled at everything you gave them. Yeah, exactly. Like, there wasn't something where you could point to and say, well, that really sucked. No, it was always good. No, it was always good. I don't know if people were critical of Bobby Heenan towards the end of WCW but so much of the stuff at the end of WCW sucked so hard that it was just what could you do well the thing of it is a lot of the stuff was if everything's shitty you're going to get shit thrown on you right right Right. so and Meltzer even basically said that when he talked about how you were going to be one of the commentators on the new AEW show he said that you were one of the best for years and years the stuff at the end of WCW was bad but that was really no fault of yours everything was so bad and you were asked to try to make sense of it, it was an impossible task. Right. He really said that, huh? Yeah, he put you over. Well. I just assumed that meant you were, you know, calling California. (laughs) No, not me. By the way, one of the worst kept secrets, and I know you work for AEW, so you can't say, but one of the worst kept secrets ever is the whole Chris Jericho has two mystery men as his tag team partners. It's like, uh, guys, we saw the pay-per-view. You could just throw them on the graphic. Well, I think so. I mean, holy shit, they interfered. I mean, they came in at the end of the match with masks on and then revealed themselves. It's like, okay, we figured out who has an issue and with they, the Young Bucks. And now, yeah. Bruce Pritchard a few years ago said, being the Ring of Honor champion is akin to being the manager at Burger King. <laughs> um, or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a terrible thing to say. But being a big star in Impact in more recent years has not been the most high profile situation but that's all going to change now I'm sure you saw the big news they're on access what do you think about uh, Impact being on access that's great for wrestling isn't it yes it's great for wrestling if I knew what access was you know Mark Cuban's HDNet okay well the parent company for Impact is Anthem Uh and Anthem has now purchased a majority stake in AXS we're calling it Access they are lots of Sports and or lots of wrestling actually, and then lots of concerts. There's like lots of music content, but they've been airing Wow and New Japan, and now they're going to air Impact as well. Well, good. That that is good for wrestling. I do I get access on my cable system? Probably. Okay. But they don't show cartoons, so you're probably not into it. <laughs> I know if they had big boobs or cartoons <laughs> or Star Wars or shitty sci-fi movies, then you're into it. Yeah, or. Uh, Something to do with uh, superheroes. Yeah, I said cartoons. Okay. <laughs> okay. I mean, that's what we're talking about, right? There's just so many Batman and Superman shits in here. It's yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's really fucking cool. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Chris. Yeah. 
Thank you very much. I feel like Tony in his master bedroom right now still has Superman bed sheets <laughs> and Batman underwears. Well, I got Batman socks. Oh, look at with I the got, capes. No, no, I, I didn't. I have Batman socks with the capes. Oh, uh, I've I've seen those. I didn't didn't have that. Oh, there you go. How about Lawler reaching in looking for the blue chew? <laughs> Thank God he's been manscaping. It's easy to find. <laughs> Test of strength with Mark Henry. Why is Mark so dumb? Oh, yeah. No. There you go. He fell for it. How about what a job Mark Henry does as a radio personality now on Busted Open? He's really, he's tremendous. I don't think people would have thought that he had that in him up. once upon a time, but he does a great job. Yes, on he it. does. And did a great job in the Owen Hart retrospective that we did in uh, Vegas. It's funny because I think so many people sort of uh, took Mark Henry for granted. And then when he finally got that opportunity in like 2011 with his Hall of Pain run, mm-hmm. I mean, it was another level, dude. Yeah. I'm glad he got that opportunity. Yeah, really green here, though. Yeah, he's like, as I called him on JR's show last week, a black Bill Kazmar. <laughs> you know, world's strongest man. Right. I don't really know what the fuck to do with the Exactly. Belt. It's still not bad, though, for him being... No, I agree. But no. that's, a lot of that I attribute to Lawler. You know Lawler's calling the match. Lawler's doing the pacing. Lawler's, right. Mm. But still, that's his job. And I mean, he looks like he's here to whip all the American gladiators. <laughs> Fuck you, Malibu. <laughs> it's amazing that you even know names of American gladiators. Well, American gladiators is one of the greatest things in the history of television. Now, how about this? This is Al Snow, or as he's known here, Leaf Cassidy. God. And he's going to have a little help <laughs> with his tag team partner. Eventually, in theory, hypothetically. He kind of looked like Marty Jannetty from behind for a moment. Well, there's real Marty Jannetty. <laughs> these are the new rockers. Oh, the new uh, rockers. But don't worry. God. These guys are Did- going to get the job done. They're going to send in the big guns. Okay. Hunter Hearst Helmsley. That's right. Oh, Triple H. Man. How about that? Attacking the world's strongest man, and of course, Mark's going to have none of it. I don't care that you're my boss. <laughs> Was he the boss back then? No, he's still trying to find his way. Yeah, huh? And going out the ring. Going out the ring. There you go. <laughs> on to the new rockers. <laughs> Who would have thought? Wow. Marty Jannetty, Al Snow, and Hunter Hearst Helmsley. If that's not a game of which one of these is not like the other, <laughs> I don't know what is. <laughs> That referee, by the way, in the ring was with the company for years and years and years, more than a decade, mm-hmm. and apparently was fired because Vince told him he was getting fat and needed to lose some weight, mm. and they came to him X number of days later and said, you're fired. And they said, why? They said, you didn't lose the weight Vince told you to. Supposedly. Wow. That's the rumor I got. I haven't talked to him. I don't know that for sure. But I asked somebody one day, I said, hey, what's up with so-and-so? Why aren't he around? They're like, oh, Vince told him to lose weight, and he didn't. Jones. Aren't you glad that Eric Bischoff didn't do that to you? Yes, I am. He told you to lose weight, and you said, hey, whatever, I'm eating cheese sticks. No, I did lose weight. I'm being a smartass. We know. We've talked about how svelte you were, because <laughs> you started wearing V-necks, yes. letting your taco meat hang. <laughs> <laughs> you wear V-necks now? Uh, he was this on Nitro back, back in the day. He'd mm, wear yeah. a double-breasted jacket, yeah. like a V-neck t-shirt, let the taco meat out in the gold chain. By the way, we should, in this very room, film an AEW all-nighter. It's like the old WCW all-nighter. Right. 
get you and Excalibur, uh huh, Jim Ross. Yes, dude, this is gold. This you know would, be, would be something, wouldn't it? I love that. Okay. Okay, Undertaker against Mankind Buried. Oh, they're going to go back and... That's next month. So okay. next month in October, one of these men will die. We're going to dig a grave. We're going to put the loser in it. We're going to fill it up with dirt. Mm. And that'll be the end. I think I remember this match. Okay, so now... Okay, so in the grand scheme of things, Mankind's going to go up against Heartbreak Kid here, right? Yes, and if he wins the world title, we hope he doesn't die next month. <laughs> but they're promoting him next month. And they're trying to sell the next pay-per-view. That's what you do. The, the, your target audience to sell a pay-per-view is the people who I are get, buying yeah, the Yeah, I get one. that. But I just, it just kind of was... It's kind of odd that they're... But anyway. How about that kid in the front row holding up the We Love You Sean? Yeah. Look at that outfit, dude. How do you think Vince and... And, and of course, you listened to him. I didn't. How do you think Vince and JR work together? Do they work well together? JR is a chameleon. He can work with anybody. You'll see. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I know he can. Just thought it's kind of an odd couple, though. Are you ready for the criticism that's going to get lobbed your way on no, October second? No, I'm not. You're going to log out of Twitter? Yep. I'm not. Going, I'm not going to look at Twitter. I'm not going to look at it at all. You know they've been pretty hard on our pal JR. Oh, I know they have. And they'll be hard on me. But, well, I just want you to know that even if you're not on Twitter, I'm going to call and tell you what the worst one said. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to read them to you on the air here on the show. You need to I do text them to you. Oh, thank you. You need to do the a mean tweet segment like uh, that oh, late night great. guy does. Yeah, I yeah. love that. Right. What's great is whenever anything like that happens online, mm-hmm. I call and tell your dad, or I text it to him, and your dad has a fucking immediate meltdown. And then instead of me trying to console him, I just pile on and make it worse (laughs) to the point that he goes and deletes all of his social media, blocks me, not like on social, but like from his cell phone, (laughs) motherfucks me in a high heaven, tells Dave Silva he quits. And then like three hours later, he's like, so, hey, what are we doing this week on the show? (laughs) He comes around, he calms down and realizes I was just being a dickhead. It's fine. Uh, I had a problem with that cameo thing. Oh man, chokeslam on the steps. Mm. Well, here's the thing in fairness. Your problem was you were. Wow. I like this. How about that? Wasn't that a cool spot? That was a cool. Pull him through the ring and he mm-hmm. comes up the other side, motherfucker. Mm-hmm. How about this bump here off the ladder onto the concrete? I can't believe Paul Heyman turned bastard. <laughs> So what were you saying? No, I just thought your hair looks nice or whatever. Okay. There's my girl. Oh, Marlena. Marlena. I yeah. I was on her uh was on her live stream the other night with her. How did it go? It was fine. She had a little tr- problem getting on the air, but uh you know, I have a lot of time. You know, I uh I remember seeing uh Marlena and Goldust when they made their appearance on uh, Conan. I thought it was hilarious. I thought Dustin did Dustin really played this part quite well, don't you think? Oh, tremendous. Yeah. This he will was, be what he's known for, really. Right. I mean, he would he was given this part that most people would say, are you kidding me? Do you really want me to do that? And we'll probably do it half-hearted, but he put everything into it. And and I think that... Uh, what I was saying earlier, though, is that I think he was sort of half-hearted and wasn't really sure about it. Um, and then working with Savio Vega, he gained that confidence. That you know what? I can do this. Yeah. 
Sammy Vega is like a low-key, pivotal figure in this era of WWE, amongst the boys, I mean. Right. But, you know, when you're talking about Marlena and her being on your live chat, mm-hmm. <laughs> you're talking about Cameo, it does make me think uh-huh. that we have gone this entire show so far, oh, and we have God. yet to do one of our famed Tony Reed's rap segments. Okay, I was on the I was I was on the other day uh on Patreon. Right. And uh you know the Loki Big Hogs and the guys on Patreon, I think they all agreed that one is enough. Well, that's cool. <laughs> when they start their podcast with you. No. We <laughs> will we will take that. No, don't you think that song. one rap song is enough? Okay. Fine. No, don't get say you get pissed off easy. You you want to do two, right? No, we'll just do one. It's a two-hour show, so okay. we'll just do one. Okay. And the one you picked last week, you picked it, not me. I didn't pick this one. Oh, boy. Uh, it's DJ Quick's song, yeah. and the uh, name of the song is... Right. And... Um, Have you... Uh, okay. I can't believe this is like a real thing that we're going to do, but uh, I've, I've got it here. Is, it, is I, this the right time to do it during the Undertaker's match? Or do you want to do it during the main event? Oh, okay, no. I'll do it during the Undertaker's okay. match. Okay. Well, here we go. Check it out. Now I be knocking bitches it like it ain't shit. Because I'm playing a motherfucker named DJ Quick. Yo, maybe it's the way I hold my dick. That makes all the girlies want to ride my tip. But some of these bitches try to act unfair. Why? Maybe it's because my hair is longer than theirs. But I don't give a fuck. No, I don't care. Because I'm like Noah's Ark, my bitches come in pairs. You see, I'm 5'11". My dick is size 7. <laughs> And if a hooker's fine, I can stretch you a nine. It goes deep, how deep, all up in that shit. I'm saying this for my son looking at me on the left here, okay? Okay, here we go, Chris. I'll fuck a pussy dry because I don't know how to quit. I'm 19, say what? So I'm a young-ass man. My eyes are brown and my skin is tan. So I pull them cotton-ass panties right down to y'all knees. If you want to take part in a proper ASCII's, I'm more than a player. Word, I'm more like a pimp. Yeah, I love but I sure won't simp. I got the bitches on my jock like an airplane wing. And only way for me to get them off, I have to sing. I say, ooh ho, don't jock me so. Never ever want me letting me go. Once I whip this dick on you, hey, check it out. I say, oh ho, don't call me no mo. How the fuck can I let you know that I'm a motherfucking troop? Oh yeah, word them up. Now, I, that ought to tell you right then and there that I'm a true motherfucker, so y'all better beware. Cause when we hugging and kissing and you want to get mushy, girl, you best be prepared to fuck cause I love. I can't help it cause I love. I have to say it. I just like just like a rabbit. Yeah, and I'm taking these dogs are looking at me crazy here, comrade. I'm taking uh, where was that? All the money from these funky hoes that I be breaking. If you say that there's another quick, then you're mistaken. I'm not a coward, and you never see me shaking. Never break lots of money that I'm making. If you double cross me, then I'll be your undertaker. Who's in the ring right now, by the way? And I'll be a friend of you because you are streaker. Open up your mouth if you want some beef steaker. <laughs> if you suck it long enough, you'll taste a milkshake. 
Lyrics like a humming when they see me coming. Sucker, they all shit. Hold up, man. This is wrong motherfucking page and shit. Oh, shit. I need to start on the... Okay, here we go. Always checking about it because I love it. Women get grown up as soon as they let me rub it. And a week span, my homie's freak man sinks into so much pussy. We should call him Quicksand. Last hoe was done by the two motherfuckers from the P-E-N-T-H-O-U-S-E. Players click. Click. Tweety's in the cold room, freaking in the studio room. I'm in the living room, hammer's in the bedroom. Freaking, or should I say skeezing. Call a living large in 1990 because playing be reason. So many freaks have to forward the calls, and when girlies hear the beeper goes off, they pause and get hot. How come? I think they know what time it is. They should know how we handle our biz. Gotta handle it. We shouldn't trip and call playing a sin because it's in where all black men And you know that? Because we show that. Yeah, oh yeah. Because DJ Quick is the king of the underground scene. Yeah. DJ Quick is in the motherfucking house. Say what? DJ Quick is in the motherfucking house. Say what? And Shabby Doo is the motherfucking house. Is that right? Yeah. And two E Caddies in the motherfucking house. Oh, yeah. And Playa Ham is in the motherfucking house. Say what? And Don Zelly's in the motherfucking house. Say what? And Greedy Greg is in the motherfucking house. Break it down. Oh, yeah. DJ Quick is here for the big 9 0, along with the OG PBC and the motherfucking house, baby. Yo, we out of here. Peace. Okay, there you go. <laughs> the old DJ Quick. Oh, that was some great lyrics there, wasn't it? You a big Jeez. fan of that one? Oof. You know, you shouldn't talk like that in front of your dogs, <laughs> but you lost me at seven inches. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, so there you go. Just one this week, thank God. Yeah, the other one that we are not doing now is uh, Afro Man Because I Got High. Okay. Have you ever heard that song? I have. I haven't. <clears throat> Never heard it. Well, you've heard that song. Here's a sample. Okay. Roll another blunt. Yeah. We got hoes. Is that the one? No, this is. La da 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 da. La la da. Okay. Okay. I've heard it. La da da da. La da da da. La da da da. Okay. Meanwhile, back to wrestling. I was gonna go to work, but then I got high. <laughs> See, that would have been fun. You don't think? Chris knows that song. Well, yeah. I mean, he's a Shivani. He probably got to smoke weed just to live here. <laughs> Goddamn dogs are trying to overrun and get the microphone and reset the Apple TV and drink your Blue Moon and take your pepperoni and. <laughs> Jesus. What a day it's been. I think uh, Chewy just, uh, he wasn't going for the food. He was just hoping I brought scissors to give him a goddamn haircut. <laughs> Bless his heart. Chewy's talking badly about you, bud. No, buddy. You're a good boy. You mean go downstairs and get all your brothers <laughs> off the floor? I'm pretty sure we could sweep together enough hair down there to convince Lois it was another dog. <laughs> She'd feed it. <laughs> pet it. And then she'd be like, it's fake news. <laughs> so it on book face. <laughs> oh, God. I've learned if you're trying to sell Lois something, you mm-hmm. got to slide it to her on Facebook. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, 100%. There she's in. Yeah, she's into that. She lives on Facebook. Wasn't it about 60-year-old white women that just love Facebook? I, I don't know. Mm. It, it became the... Uh, Facebook was made for the young set, but it became... It was it's taken for the over. elderly now. Yes, it is. It was taken over by the geezers. You're my, exactly my right. My dad asked me this past week, we were watching a football game, and he said, son, I need to help your mom upgrade her Facebook. And I said, what? He said, you know, for Christmas, go and get her a new Facebook. <laughs> And I had to decipher old redneck for a minute. I was like, Dad, do you mean you want to get her a new iPad? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, her Facebook thing. <laughs> so my mom apparently has an iPad solely for fucking Facebook. Mm, I, that wouldn't surprise me. My, my Facebook Messenger, mm-hmm. every other message is from my mom sharing some dumb shit with me. <laughs> now, luckily, she'll never hear this. so Because <laughs> this is not on Facebook. You know? Right. That's right. Well, Terry's beautiful. What what are your favorite parts of Terry's uh, personality? Uh, my favorite parts of Terry's personality is her wit, her charm. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah, and she had uh, <laughs> she was she had a, she had a real nice mouth on her. Oh, really? Yeah, she did. Is there something you need to tell us? About no, Jesus Christ! <laughs> no, no, there's no. She did. I mean, God. she she had a, a she she had a very nice shape to her mouth. No, stop it. See, no, I, I was I got choked on my vanilla diet orange zero sugar Splenda. She had a she had a real nice mouth, and Vince knew this because that's why he had that's her. That's how she got hired. No, no, what? no. She's but, a good promo. No, no. Oh, she wasn't a good promo. Yeah, she was a good promo. But that's what you were talking about, right? They had it. That's why I had her with a cigar because it looked. She had yeah. a nice looking mouth. Some people have nice looking mouths, mm. and mm. she did. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Enough of that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, random Hollywood trivia. Uh, you took me to see "I Love You, Man" when it came out in theaters. Right. Jason Siegel's uh, name for his scooter is Marlena. By the way. That's a deep cut right there. Yes, it is. <laughs> Did you ever see the episode of Shotgun Saturday Night where Marlena uh, dropped her top and flashed her boobs? No. So Goldust could win. They showed it on TV? No, from the back. Oh, really? But, you know, the after magazines were there to snap a picture. Yeah. Someone published a picture of her without her top on. Wow. But what she had was, like, flesh-colored stuff over her nipples. Oh, okay. She couldn't see, but still... Right. It was a little risque for the WBF at the time. Yeah, it was. And especially because I know how Terry was, it was probably very difficult for her to do. Okay. <laughs> it was. At least the Terry Boatwright Runnels that I knew. I didn't say anything. I don't know her that well. Yeah, I do. She posted uh, pictures earlier mm-hmm. this week when somebody said, oh, you don't look like that anymore or something. And she posted a bunch of recent photos of her. Mm -hmm. And one of them was a picture she took with uh, Bruce Pritchard and myself. And when she posted it, she made sure that she cropped off uh, me from the nose up. So you could see me nose down, but not nose up. And when when I responded and said, I like that you got my head off, one of the fans of our show who know that you're a Batman asshole photoshopped (laughs) the Batman head on top. (laughs) So it made me look like Batman. So I'm a Batman asshole, huh? Well, look at this fucking room, dude. I mean, the pizza we just ate is on a Batman table. And underneath the TV is a Batman mask that I can only assume you put on whenever you get the Bluetooth in you. And you get up and whistle, and Lois is here. And I'm Batman. <laughs> I made that table. Yeah, Chris Well, it looks badass. Yeah. 
Now, I, I am curious, though. You're going to tell me you never put that mask on? I know you've put that fucking mask I put the ma- on. I've, I've got that mask on and wore it around uh, C2E2 that, that second day. Can we get you to put the mask on for the rest of the show? No. It'll be great for Patreon. <laughs> Do it for the Vine. <laughs> the Vine. Do you even know what that Do it for is? the gram. I don't know what the vine well, is. Well, lots of people on this show were doing stuff for the ground back in the day, <laughs> pre-Instagram. <laughs> hey, um, you, you, have you ever tried like asking Lois for like a blowy, and then if she says no, then you come back and with the Batman hood on and say, "What about now? I'm Batman." No, I never. See? No, I never did that. That's that's not a bad idea. Though. You should try it. Yeah. Uh, our gimmick attorney, the Costco of trademarks, yeah. Michael Dawkins, recently learned about bat wings. The bat wings. Yeah. Look, Right. Yeah, you taught me about bat wings. He told you about that today? No, you taught me about bat wings. Oh, that's right. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, Michael Dawkins was here in Atlanta. Did you invite him to the, uh, what, what do we call in your house? Uh, the Dog Hair Palace? No, we got to have something that rhymes. Okay. Oh, Lois's Lair. Lois's Lair. There you go. Because she doesn't leave the house. No. She's got, what's that called? Agoraphobia? Yeah. Afraid to leave the house? Is, oh, is that what agoraphobia is? I think so. I thought agoraphobia was just being a lazy ass. Oh, so okay. can I clip that out and send it to her see what she thinks? Please do. That'd be nice. Well, I know that what Chris has is a horophobia. <laughs> As a married man, he can't be near the shenanigans. He has a horophobia. <laughs> okay. But I must skip a generation because you are just covered up. <laughs> How many makeup chairs are you going to bust through an AEW? <laughs> I'm not going to even. I'm not going to put makeup on AAW. No, no, I'm talking about your makeup. I'm talking about you. Talk about WCW. You go back when the ladies were getting their makeup on. Okay. And you'd hang out back there. By the way, play this audio. This okay. is the worst Shawn Michaels interview you've ever heard. Can't we are moments you're away from the match where you face mankind. Mankind spoke earlier, saying that Paul Bearer is leading him to his destiny. But Shawn, everybody in the clique knows that this is your destiny: the World Wrestling Federation title. You know, not since I won the World Wrestling Federation title have I gone out and defended this belt and been really, really nervous, you know? And the reason for that is because I feel like I can out-wrestle anybody in the World Wrestling Federation. But let's face it, I am wrestling the wackiest cat that the World Wrestling Federation has ever, ever seen. If I could go out there and wrestle him, I'd have all the confidence in the world. But you never know where this guy's coming from. So I gotta tell you, I'm a little bit jittery, I'm a little bit nervous, but one way or another, our break kid's gonna do what he always does, and I just find a way to get the job done. Mankind is obviously one of the most unorthodox superstars in the World Wrestling Federation history. You found out a little earlier today on Superstars, uh, could Mankind and Paul Bearer be planning some kind of plot? We've seen Paul Bearer use that casket before, many times with The Undertaker. Now that he's on uh, Mankind's side, this could spell more trouble for you. You know, uh, it's really a politically correct statement, unorthodox. It's very nice. You know, this guy is whacked as the day is long. And yeah, they got Cassie's. They're playing mind games with me. And believe me, if there was a mind up here that you could play with, you could get the job done. But unfortunately, there's not a whole lot upstairs when it comes to Shawn Michaels. And thank goodness, because otherwise, I'd really, really be in trouble. And I'm already nervous enough as it is. Mankind, Paul Bear, one way. <laughs> I really don't know how. Up to this point, I'm about to walk up to the ring, and I've got no idea how it is I'm going to deal with you two. I guess I'll just think on the job, I suppose. All right. Thank you very much. World Wrestling Federation champion, Shawn Michaels. He covered his head in frustration and realized, what the fuck was that? (laughs) Can we do that over? Need another one? That was pretty... And there's the casket. The druids pushing it out to the ring. 
One okay. of those is probably a job or Shivani. Okay, so, <laughs> so 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 smart me up here. Is mankind in the casket? Well, we don't know, do we? Well, there's Paul Bear. So he's waiting on mankind. This is really creepy, isn't it? The part, uh, which part? I guess yeah, all the parts. I mean, uh, Paul Bear was a, was a creepy character, wasn't it? Oh, well, I mean, he's supposed to be, right? Right, but he played it played it quite well. I'm just glad they never made him like start snapping and dancing and rapping like Adam's family. <laughs> we do what we want to do. They what we want to say. They what we want to live. Like we want to like Adam's family. Uh, so, what do you think of that Shawn Michaels promo? Luckily, there's nothing in my head. I'm not very smart. I'm dumb. <laughs> I'm not going to overthink this because I don't have the power to think. I don't even know what I'm going to do. I'd really be in trouble if I did. I'm so nervous. Oh, I'll see you out there. <laughs> Fuck. That's yeah. the champ, man. Does he ever talk about that promo? Did he ever? No. Okay, he just I, completely ignored it. At StarCast 92, we're going to do a panel where we're just going to play that interview and get him to respond. Oh, and there he is. Yeah. Thanks for the spoiler, fuckhead. <laughs> well, who else would it be? The Undertaker. No, the Undertaker's already wrestled. Yeah, but he's the dude in the caskets. What the hell? I look at Shawn Michaels' pyro set up. Mm-hmm. All the glitter everywhere. Looks like a night at the pony. <laughs> That's from Gold Dust, so that glitter. So this match got, uh, you say, four, four and three-quarter stars with wow, a fuck wow. finish. If it had a real finish. By the way, Mick Foley, even to this day, says one of the best three things he ever did in wrestling. The, wow. Best match of his career, he said. I think this and his match with uh, Triple H at Royal Rumble are probably my two favorite matches he had the WWE I know everybody talks about the Hell in a Cell but those two are way better to me how about this uh, reaction for Sean the crowd is he's over with this crowd man oh yeah at this point I don't think there's even a question he's the best wrestler in the United States we should mention on the other side Hulk Hogan's the champ and Hulk Hogan in 96 versus Shawn Michaels in 96 as far as in ring bell to bell there was no comparison no there wasn't Oh, Playgirl's Man of the Year is what that sign says. Mm. What do you think, Chris? Is that the most beautiful belt in wrestling history? Uh, not really. No, I was more I was more for Hogan and you know, I know Shawn Michaels kinda started what we see today with all the flips and all that kind of stuff and Hogan was more old school. I was more into Hogan. Well I'm talking about belts. He's talking about the belt. Oh on these ways. No. No. Well, I didn't like the belt. What's better? I I always like the WCW belt, the big gold belt. Yeah, yeah, I agree. That's a great belt. But this is a good or the uh, the um, what was it? The six man tag belt. Oh, I like that one. So <laughs> thank much. you very much for saying. We that. made almost. This is my first trip here. <laughs> I've yet to see the attic, but it's hot as shit here. I'm not going in the attic. Thank you. See. My, you called it. You know what? There's Earl Hebner. Holy shit, we had Clint Jones sitting in the corner this whole time. Didn't hey. once disperse him to the attic. You, you could have sent you up in the attic, Clint. He'd to look for a belt. To look for a belt. That's me holding the belt on the poster right there, Clint. I'm dressed like Akeem the African Dream, and I've got the belt photoshopped in my hand. Because he's promised it to me for three years. But he says it's in the attic, but he just won't get up there and get it. It's not that simple. <laughs> 
Chris went hunting for it. We were going to do a whole video series about this, and right. it was going to be quite the reveal. Chris got up there, caught hepatitis, got bit <laughs> by a spider, got rushed to the emergency room, uh, nearly passed out from heat stroke, and came away with nothing. Nothing is right. It's like Raiders of the Lost Ark for gimmick belts. Yeah. He chose unwisely. Well, he was just trying to fulfill his dad's broken promises. Oh. <laughs> But, you know, he's he grew up. The promise still stands. The promise still stands. So if you find the thing you never look for, I can have it. Right. Got it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a hell. I did one. mark a uh, seventy-five hundred dollar finder's fee. I'm fine with that. Okay. The belt's worth that to me. <laughs> and what I'll do is I'll pay you about as long as it took for him to pay off on the belt so hit me about three or four years after you deliver and I'll just keep maintaining the promise still stands <laughs> up and over with mankind wow what a character man the mankind character something else it was really something I else. love this segment right here peeling up the mats now don't forget they're in Philadelphia the home of ECW oh. watch this with Sean you ever seen this in your life? Holy shit. My God. I know it's really not that big a deal in the scheme of things, but when I was a kid, dude, that was the coolest thing ever. Yeah, that, that, that is cool. It's innovative. Nobody's ever done it before. It's crazy to think what would be... You know, that was such a big spot at the time, just turning around and doing a crossbody from the second rope to the floor. Right. You know, fast forward 10 years and Phew. well, more and than that. And now it's a backflip off the Charlotte's top. Charlotte's doing moonsaults yeah. off the top, yeah. like on regular TV, not pay per view. Just how about the head on the back of the conch on the concrete? Bam. You know, well, you know, Mick always liked to take those crazy bumps like we talked about. He, he always thought that that was, and we always told him that, you know, they, the fans can only see it, they can't, they can't feel it. So don't hurt yourself. Kind of agile Sean was when he leaped to the top rope right yeah. there. This is probably the physical peak of Sean's wrestling career. Yeah, he looked great. Covered in glitter, which at first you would think is just something he wore to the ring, forgetting that Goldust used that to distract the Undertaker and throw it in his eyes. Big clothesline. Yeah, great bump he took right there. It's funny, there's a theory that um, I've heard somebody say about Sean that Sean always wanted to, or never really worked well with the quote-unquote good-looking guys. If you were what he felt was an attractive guy who could wrestle, then you were a threat to his spot. But if you were Mick Foley, you were not a threat so therefore, he would pull out a great match and not be difficult to get along with or do business with. But supposedly, if you're a good-looking dude, Sean could be difficult to work with because he felt like he might be taking a spot from him. Wow. That sounds like ego run amok there. Oh, my God. Amongst wrestlers? Are you kidding? What a great camera shot that, that was. That was excellent. Yep. I like when, when, when companies would try new things. I don't feel like there's enough of that right now. 
Nope. There's a not. lot of the TV production these days falls Brent Slather repeat, paint by numbers. Right. I agree. The I, corner I, cam, that was fun. I think I've, I've often said this, and I've, I've been saying it now behind the scenes in AEW. I said, let's take a look at a wrestling match, and let's think of something different to do. Yeah. Think outside the box. You mean from a production standpoint? Yeah, from a production standpoint. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, there's been times where they did, like, the over... Like from the top down camera angle, right. they usually do that in WWE for like big ladder matches or whatever. But I like that. Yeah, I do too. How about Sean expected him to charge after him and he didn't? Sean looks legit pissed there. I like that Sean's working a much different style. It's a brawl, right? Lots of punches, lots of kick. Historically, that's not what Sean's about. So who's calling this match? Is it Sean or is it Mankind? Well, you would think normally it's the heel, but I would be curious to see what it is here as well. You would think that Mick would have probably deferred to Sean being the elder statesman, at least within the company, and the top guy. Now that was... uh the the claw was uh, mankind's hold, right? right? The mandible mm-hmm. claw. The mandible claw. And do you remember the movie The Fugitive? Yes. So in the movie, or in real life, the guy who Harrison Ford was playing, mm-hmm. uh, he became quite famous, and uh, he ventured into wrestling because you know he had a lot of name recognition from all the shenanigans with that. Uh, so he created, because he was a doctor, a, a quote-unquote nerve hold, and it would be what is what mankind's using here, the mandible claw. So. Okay. There were, as Jim Ross has explained, there were two mandible claws. There was the one where Mick really didn't care for you, and he would legitimately stick that apparatus that has two fingers in in your mouth. And the idea would be that he's pressing underneath your tongue, and it's a nerve hole that makes your body just go limp or whatever. I guess there is some science to that if it was really applied. We okay. can try it after this one. No, that's applied. okay. No. Uh, or you could do a working mandible claw <laughs> okay. like this, if you can see, where I would just hold the thumbs down uh-huh. and on camera. It looks like it's in, but it's really not in. So it's sort of like showtime porn. Okay. No real penetration, just simulated penetration. <laughs> and if he didn't like you, it's just, you know, shoot porn. <laughs> shoot porn. How about God. that? Oh, oh my Suplex, God. end of the steps. Pretty innovative spot there. Yeah. A calf muscle. No, they, that, 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 no that hurt. That yeah. had to blow out a cat Oh, my God. Or a... How about the other angle? They knew it was coming and shot yeah. it well. Oh. Jesus Christ. Why would he want to take something like that? Because nobody else had? I, that, that would be the answer. But that still does not... But what a story. You know, Sean yeah. is like, hey, you're the bigger guy. Well, I can neutralize you. I'll take your knee out. Right. And as soon as he tries to come in, attacks the knee. Very logical. And look, still working on it. For all the things Sean may have been, you know, chalking up in the negative column here with attitude or problems with Vader or politics or whatever, motherfucker could go. Yes, he could go. And you know, not only that, I always... I had heard so much about Sean and his politics, but, but he, man, he always was a was really a cool guy to deal with. And I, I know my dealings with wrestlers are much different than a wrestler dealing with a wrestler, but he was always a pretty cool guy. When did you deal with Shawn Michaels? Uh, 1989, when he was with the Rockers. And I oh, okay. worked with the WWF. He 
he and Marty Jannetty. Just to help you out, that was 30 years ago. Ooh. Not yet. Yes, 30 years ago. Well, yeah. 30 years ago. It's amazing, isn't it? I was with the WWF 30 years ago. Dragon Screw Leg Whip. That's one that I know. I was just going to say. You, you know what? <laughs> with the uh, debut of AEW on TNT right around the corner, Yeah. do you want to get in the practice here and call no. us some action? No, no, because I'm not going to really be calling the action. I'm just going to... JR's gonna call it the action. I'm just right, gonna... Do you want Chris Shivani to be JR? Here? Right, I'll... <laughs> Her. He's got to win a figure four. Oh, I've seen Ric Flair win a lot of world titles on figure four, and Shawn Michaels has Ric Flair as one of his idols. And between them, they've probably both applied the same amount of figure fours and flucked as many whores as each other. But you got to be concerned there, JR, that the figure four, although it would work on most people, will it work on mankind? Oh, he's reversed it. That's a good call, Tony Schiavone. It's like you've seen this match before. He releases a hold. Sean needs to take a break and go learn a new hold. Sassafras. Big right hand. Mankind, big right hand. Irish whip into the ropes. Let's see what we got in plan here. Oh, he took the leg out. Drop kick to the left leg of mankind. Same leg, JR. Same leg. Working on that leg. Great sound strategy. Wouldn't you agree? I would agree. He's got a modified spinning toe hook. Don't worry, Funk Jr. would be proud. <laughs> really working on the leg of mankind. You got to think. Is this deranged son of a bitch ever going to quit? Does he know what quit is, Tony? Well, th- th- that's a good question because should he try to get him to quit? How about the half crab here that make Lance Storm jealous by Shawn Michaels? Boy, he's stretching him like a government mule. <laughs> uh, he's going to make his way to the ropes. Is he going to get it, Tony? Uh, Does he even care? Is he trying to get No, he's, he's going for the ropes. He went to the urn. I guess the urn attracts him. Is that correct, JR? The, the, the urn attracts him? I, I don't it's know. It's like it must be filled up with crushed up blue chew. I know I'd crawl my big ass up there if we had blue chew in it. <laughs> Oh, he punched him right in the throat, mate. <laughs> oh, it? my gosh. The crucifix into a sunset flip of swords, pinning combination. Hey, did you see? Gru- did you say crucifix? Okay. Oh. Mm. Guillotine type maneuver over the throat of Shawn Michaels. Down he goes. <laughs> Tony, are we going to have a double down here? Which man's going to be the first to his feet here? Uh, and I would think the guy who's... In- the best shape would be the first man to his feet. You got to think the longer this match goes, Tony, the more it favors Shawn Michaels, our champion. I would agree. Look at him. Trying to get the feeling back into his knee. Is he, what the hell's he got now? He's got some sort of stick. He's stabbing himself. What That's ca- the knee he's having trouble with, and he's stabbing it. What kind of perverted, deranged person would do something like that? Lois Shivani. <laughs> <laughs> Just for spot. <laughs> oh, he's choking his chicken hair. <laughs> slithering out onto the casket. Yeah. Boy, back in my day, caskets weren't a thing, but they are here in the World Wrestling Federation <laughs> in 1996. The only caskets we had is whenever Shivani would call the show, he'd kill the town. <laughs> we'd bring out the ceremonial casket and know that there were our paydays. Just deader than Kelsey's nuts. Flatter than a plate of piss. <laughs> There's mankind. That's the way I used to slap my dick before Blue Chew. Just <laughs> come on now, fella. Don't fail me now. Thanks to Blue Chew, I got a stiff upper lip and a stiff third leg. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, 
Oh. Kicked him right in the no-no. Oh, God. Well, you know, this is a good match. Dude, it really is a great match. Four yeah, and three it is. Four stars. Tell a great story. Back and forth. Very believable. Right. And when, if he's going to do what I think he's going to do, he's going to do a running start. I love this maneuver. Oh. Yeah. Very believable. You know what I just realized? What's that? If this Mankind character was a dog, he would be chewy. <laughs> they have the same patches. They have the same color mane. <laughs> yes. And I saw him trying to get the the horse out of his giddy-up a minute ago. <laughs> You're right. It'd be, be just like old Chew. Poor old dog. He's a good old boy. Now the mandible claw. There it is. No, I don't think he had it. Huh? I think he was trying to choke him. If he can cut off the breathing, you know, that is the advantage we talked about because Sean is a superior athlete. He's probably got the better wind of the two. And if Mankind can take that away from him, take that wind away, he can level the playing field, and then he can just lean on him with his weight and really tire him down, driving him into the canvas. Okay, I've got a question about Cactus Jack, Mankind, uh, Mick Foley, and Dude Love. All righty. Well, none of them exist at this point. It's I, just Mankind. Okay, so, but I'm talking about the timeline of his career. So Cactus Jack was with us. When he went to the WWE, he became Mankind, right? I tried to get Mick Foley hired for years. <laughs> and JR, the good old JR, would campaign for his friend Mick. And Vince would never go for it. And then eventually, Vince gave in and said, fine, you can hire him, but I'm doing, I'm letting you do it just so I can teach you a lesson. And I said, well, what's a, huh, what's a lesson, Vince? And he said, you need to see what it's like to let a talent break your heart when they let you down. So he let me hire Mick Foley just so Mick would fail and he could rub my nose in it. And I got really excited that I could hire Mick. And Vince said, one concession. And I said, what's that? And he said, cover his ugly fucking face. So they put him in a mask, and he on his own patched up his hair, and he made it work. And about a year after this, a little less, maybe seven, eight, nine months, I sat down with him on Raw and did a series of interviews about why are you the way you are? And he told me it was because when he was a kid, none of the girls wanted to fuck him, play with his little (laughs) pee-pee, and they would instead make him eat worms. Cause that's what he belonged. He didn't belong with Cooter. See, he belonged with worms. And so he ate the worms and the kids laughed, pointed, and he decided, I hate everything about these motherfuckers like Shawn Michaels that are good looking and in shape and fucking Cooters. And I hate them. And so he created his own persona, what he wanted to be. And he called himself dude. Love. He painted a, he painted a heart on his chest and he jumped off houses. You see, and he filmed it. Uh-huh. He wanted to be dude love, but he couldn't because he's got a, a satchel ass. And, he, and he's got, well, not matinee idol looks. He looks like he's from Oklahoma, see? Okay. And and he became Cactus Jack. And at the end of that interview, after he explained all this, that son of a bitch put a mandible claw. And that was a working mandible claw, so it wasn't that bad, but it looked devastating. And then somehow, because we didn't know what the fuck we were doing, because Vince Russo was involved, even though he attacked good old JR, he climbed the top of a cage to beat up Triple H and opened his shirt and showed off the little heart painted on his chest. He was calling himself Dude Love. He channeled his Dude Love to beat Hunter Hearst Hemsley and the fans were behind him. So he created Dude Love in the summer of 97. 
And then in September of 97, when the feud with Triple H got to another level at Madison Square Garden, well, he decided to bring out a third persona, Cactus Jack, and get hardcore and pile drive Hunter through a table mm. right on the stage there at MSG. So we got all three of our faces of Foley. We started with Mankind, then we checked out some Dude Love, and we wound up with Cactus Jack. And, of course, he went on to be most famous as her, Mrs. Foley's baby boy, Mick Foley. <laughs> Great story. And, Thanks, JR. And, and you... Mm-hmm. Made him a superstar. Yes, he I probably did. just would have been an old Mid Carter mm-hmm. trying to get a rub on a taped raw. <laughs> but right. you had to fuck it up because <laughs> you were teasing mm-hmm. a rematch with Goldberg and Kevin Nash, which wasn't gonna happen. Yeah, <laughs> y'all said he's out here raping Miss Elizabeth. <laughs> Goldberg in January '99 didn't have to rape nobody. He was Cooter Palooza for Goldberg. <laughs> Cooter Palooza. <laughs> Cooter Palooza. Cooter Palooza. <laughs> he he. What he do? He jackhammer one. He stand up. He'd wipe his dick off and yell, "Who's next?" <laughs> That's what he'd do. Keep score on a bedpost. Hundred and sixty-one and zero. Just knocking Cooters out left and right. Oh God. Oh How shit! How about that power slam, That's Shawn Michaels? Pretty awesome. Especially a 287 pounder. Yes, absolutely. I mean, uh, realistically, what do you think Sean weighs here? 200. Oh yeah, I was thinking. I was thinking about 215, 220. Uh, I don't think he's that much. You know, Cody, when he when he wrestled uh, at the pay per view most recently, was like 200. Really? Yeah, I, I got a th- uh, look at that spot. Wow. What a great spot, Clint. Have you ever seen that before? No. That's a, a cactus jack. Special from WCW. You have to make sure those ropes are loose enough. You sure do. Once in Germany, they were too tight, Clint, and it ripped his ear off. Mm. Yep. He kept wrestling, though. Yeah, he sure did. Because he don't give a shit. <laughs> and Ric Flair was in the back, and they brought him the ear. And said, hey, what do we do with this? And he said, what the fuck is it? And they said, it's Mick Foley's ear. <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> Nobody's ever brought him an ear before. <laughs> Hypothetically, if you're in AEW and somebody brings you Dustin Rhodes' ear, right? What, what will you do with it? I'd put it on ice and make sure they'll be reattached. No, I'd fucking make a necklace out of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at Hugo Savinovich. Oh, Hugo. What I don't a know Hugo would sell. Yeah, I don't think he had to sell that one. He he. he no, he scooted it out on purpose. And oh, okay. There's Tito Santana trying to sell it. Oh, punch the chair. By the way, remember, we're in ECW. Right. So, I'm at, I mean, not ECW, Philadelphia, the home of ECW. Imagine how much the fans are loving yeah. the violence, the outside stuff, the weapons. Yeah, but, you know, I mean, are ECW fans in this? I mean, I'm sure there's They're chanting ECW all night. Really? The whole night? Yes. Okay. But those are the loud ones. That doesn't mean they're mostly ECW fans. Yes, we're aware, Tony. Okay. If they could have sold 15,000 seats, they would have. <laughs> they sold 1,100. I get it. Oh. Casket on one side, table on the other. I haven't used that casket at all. Here I am, stuck in the middle. Mm, I got it. Very good. How about trying to disable the mandible claw now? All right. I'm digging this, man. This you ever put good. the mandible claw on a cooter? <laughs> I have it on good authority. If you mandible claw it and you go up and down real fast, you get a little surprise. 
Chris, you're laughing. Wow. <laughs> Something you want to share with us? Okay. Oh. Uh. No, I don't want to teach Dad all the tricks. What would oh. be great would be if your dad did the mandible claw to Lois, but was in the background making mankind noises. <laughs> Uncle Paul! Uncle Paul! She's making a mess, Uncle Paul! <laughs> What do you think? I think you scared Chewy. Yeah, you do did. <laughs> did, the, did the other four hairs fall out? <laughs> he looks like Ric Flair's dream in 87 right now. <laughs> i got to put a picture of this fucking mangy mutt on Twitter. We're going to get you adopted, buddy. We're going to get you to a good home. <laughs> He scared the shit of Superman. Did you see that? Yeah, he did. He turned the corner. And said, Is that a new Superman? I feel like that's been here this whole time. <laughs> no, it's been here. <coughs> Bless his heart. He's just a very timid dog. Come with you. Come on, buddy. It's okay. It's all right. Had a mean How about this up and over here for Sean? Oh. By the way, that's the very bump that in January of 98 would basically end Shawn Michaels' career there. The casket was right there. Mm-hmm. So when The Undertaker did that same move over, it was a jumbo-sized, Yokozuna-sized casket. And Shawn came down right on top of it on the corner. It fucked his back up. He was never the same. He would be out of there just two short months afterwards. Jesus. That same spot. Don't you think kids will learn from that? Kids today... Dude, Darby Allen's doing coffin drops. I know he is, and he's the first one I'm thinking of. And he does, Darby does some wonderfully crazy shit, but it's crazy. And you just got to think that a kid like him is, his longevity is not going to. I hear you in theory, and I know that I'm going to get hate tweets for this, but Mm -hmm. go ahead and send them to, "Ah, hey, hey, it's Conrad, I'll take the hate. I love that move right there, leg drop. I do too. Uh, if you're not watching right there, Sean was climbing double arm DDT, which was his finisher as Cactus Jack. Uh, Sean is coming from the outside in and had his head and neck like over the second rope as he's climbing through. And Mankind bounces the ropes and then comes back and does a leg drop right on the back of Sean's head. Really, really great spot. I love the way Mankind would do pile drivers too. Mm. Very realistically. Yep. So what's the hate tweet about? Darby Allen became a star that night with Cody Rhodes. I had heard Darby Allen's name. I had seen Darby Allen's name on results and things like that. But I don't know that I could have really... I don't know that I knew much about Darby Allen. I mean, I knew that he was coming to AEW, and I knew that they had a cool promo package for him. But, like, I didn't know much about him. But him going to a time limit draw with Cody on a big stage like that, and then doing that big coffin drop off the top and taking the bump and then the body bag, like... I learned a lot about Darby. I didn't just know the character then. I knew the work, and I was like, oh, fuck, this stands out. Yeah. And if he was looking to make an impression, he made one. Yeah, he's great. He really is. I first he, throw, time. He, he looked for a padded chair. Hmm. And now there's the flat chair. That to be a pretty innovative spot here, if I remember. Of course, <laughs> Hebner wanting nothing to do with the chairs. Get those out of here. Earl Hebner, AEW. He opens up the casket. Uh Uh-oh. He's ready to kill Shawn Michaels. He did his world title. I'm out. 
I say on commentary, boy, the referee's really being lenient here. <laughs> And of course, the concept being that mankind's playing mind games right. with Shawn Michaels. I always love this spot where he would do that move and then kip up. Crowds right away into it, and usually that means he's going to get ready to, quote, tune up the band, JR, or Tony. He's going to get in the corner and start stomping, teasing the super kick. It's the first person you saw do a super kick, Chris Adams? Yes. Who had a better super kick, Chris Adams or Shawn Michaels? Uh,. Shawn Michaels did. Cross body for the pin. Kick out. Fans thought that was it. Yeah, they were ready. They, they thought were, that was the finish. Right. But you know, you hadn't seen a finishing maneuver yet. It's funny, now you've got fans trained. Right. These days you gotta kick out of seven finishers before you run with a roll up. <laughs> Back then though, that could have been it. Right. Yeah, they, they tore the house down here. Oh, tremendous match. Yeah. What are they going to do? Every time Cactus would go up top, I'm thinking... What? You ready for this? Oh. Oh. Right through the table. What a great spot that was, huh? Whoa. So it looked like Mankind was getting ready to pull a maneuver off with Shawn Michaels, but instead, right. Shawn reverses it in midair and cross-bodies Mankind through the table that Hugo Savinovich was calling a minute ago. And you see Shawn Michaels being checked on by Vince McMahon. Vince going over yelling instructions of course they're explaining though he's checking on Sean but it looks like he's trying to tease that he wants to stop this match and Sean's saying no 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 let me go let me continue don't stop it Sean does not want to DQ Sean does not want to count out Sean wants to keep going Mankind's up right after the table spot big folding chair spot oh look Sean has set a chair up in the ring hmm Take a look at this Sabu Rob Van Dam style move as Mankind climbs to the top rope and oh, huh. super kick to the chair right into the face. Of course, in this era, Sabu was doing what was called a triple jump moonsault where he would get a running start, jump on the chair, then jump onto the uh, ropes and right. do a moonsault. And Rob Van Dam doing the Rob Van Daminator where he would throw the chair at you, you would catch it and he'd kick you in the face. What do we got here? Oh, my God. Vader, who was supposed to be in the main event originally, teaming with Jim Cornette against Sean and Jose, going to do the run-in here. There's your DQ win. Officially, it's a DQ. Shawn Michaels wins. Vader oh, takes a big tumble, and Sean ready for more. Oh, takes the urn to the back of the head. Thanks to Paul Bearer. They call the DQ already, haven't they? Yeah, match is over. And here's Sid, who's going to be taking Vader's spot in this feud with Shawn Michaels. But here he's beating up Vader. They're going to be set to have a match in October on pay-per-view at Buried Alive. And the urn upside down now. And you see it's giving life to Mankind, who no longer has the apparatus on his hand, but... He still got those squirting fingers ready. <laughs> squirting fingers? <laughs> yeah, like shooting fingers, but different. Yeah. Uh, got, got you. All right, into the gullet of Shawn Michaels. Down goes Shawn. Look at the fans concerned. Everybody on their feet. 
mankind asking for Uncle Paul to open the casket. <laughs> Paul can't open the casket, though. It's giving him some trouble. <sighs> the Undertaker was inside. Wow. How did they get that done? I guess he was in the bottom there, wasn't he? Was he was under the ring. Right. Or in the bottom of that casket. Yeah. And there you go. Uh, mankind up and over and out of here. Pat Patterson in the aisleway, dressed to the nines, double-breasted. And next month on pay-per-view, one of these men will die in a buried alive match. Well, you know what? It was a screw job finish, as we like to say, but it was great match. It was a great match, and it, it, the finish was pretty cool when they used, you know, the Undertaker. And I would have liked to have seen a clean finish. I would have liked to have seen Sean super kick him and get the win, but they kept Mankind strong for the next month, and they're playing his music now. And you could tell when they were ready to start playing the music, Sean yelled, "Get the belt." Earl went and got the belt. Now we're going to see a little celebration with Sean and his clique, which is what he called his fans. All the girls in the crowd consider themselves the click chick. Gotcha. But backstage, we know the click chick is actually Sonny. Uh, he's been beating the dog out of it. Has he really? And have some of the other boys watch the door because they didn't want Chris Candido, who she was engaged to, to wander over as he was fucking her. Jesus Christ. She would help him design his house in uh, Texas and all the interior design and they went to the Bahamas and he beat it out while she dressed herself up like the Joker. <laughs> Dress herself. Yeah, she wrote about in her book that what he really liked to do was pound her doggy style as she looked into the bathroom mirror and applied lipstick over and over and over. Ruby red lipstick over and over and over. That would really work for him. Jesus. She put all of that in her book for everyone to see. Wow. Which is what I'm waiting on with Lois. <laughs> I knew Tony would demand that he wore the Batman mask. <laughs> and he would say, call it the Batwing, bitch. And he would demand that I called his dick Alfred. <laughs> he made me call his taint the Batcave. <laughs> it was sick. He's just sick. I mean, I did it, but I was scrolling Facebook the whole time. <laughs> There was a dislike button for his butthole when I would have hit it. I would have unfollowed it. Now check out what Sean's doing here. He's going to start stripping. Oh, my God. So he's pulled his trunks down. He's showing off his tattoo to all the guys in the front row who have his face on their shirt. Now he's asking if they want to see the dick hair. and He's like, I think I'll get in trouble. He pulls them back out. We'll do a little strip tease, and we're still doing this. Like, of course, a decade prior, it was Hogan Must Pose. Not yeah. so much here. Right. How agile was Shawn Michaels in this era, though, dude? He's amazing Best athlete. shape of his life, man. Just outstanding. That girl best, got a... Best performer in the business, probably, here. Certainly in the United States. Yeah. And still to this day, regarded as maybe the best, right? Yeah, I think most people have him as 1A or 1B, him and, and Shawn Michaels, and his matches like that. Right. You know, where you think of all the opponents Mankind's had... You know, Austin, The Rock, Triple H, Terry Funk. Look at Vince here. Unbelievable. Vince was like in love with Shawn Michaels as a performer, and I get why. Yeah. I mean, when that bell rang, how do you beat that? Sean teasing Mr. Perfect, like, come on, one more time. Let's do this. Let's have a match. Of course, Perfect at this point got that Lloyd's of London money. He ain't about that life. Did Vince ever have a threesome with he and Sonny? 
Oh, no. I wasn't okay. saying that. No, no. Well, you said he was in love with him. I mean, no, I just okay. meant as a performer. Oh, okay. Got you. Like, you know, lately people would say, oh, he's in love with Roman Reigns. Just right. like he continues to push him and see right. something in Very him. Good. And allegedly, uh, Sean could, like, pitch a fit and talk to Vince in a way that nobody else could get away with. But they had a relationship where Vince was like, oh, you just don't understand him. Right. Because he thought he was a really special talent, which he is. And he gave him some latitude that maybe he wouldn't have others. And there's the big reveal, The Undertaker. Look at the crowd go nuts for the Undertaker, dude. Yeah, that was pretty cool at the end of it. With Bret Hart on the sidelines, it's clear. Look at that girl. That's, That's the third time she's kissed him. Mm. Her uh, the, the the two biggest baby faces in this deal, without question, are Shawn Michaels and the Undertaker. And you got to think, at this point, mankind's got to be one of the biggest heels because of that match you just. Had. Yep. I love the match. One of my all-time favorite matches. I'm glad I saw it. What'd you think? I, I'm glad. I'm glad you put it on here. That was good. We see a little video recap package here, and they're not going to show the ECW stuff, but that's really all was memorable there. And you see Razor and Diesel attacking Savio Vega. Chat me up, Tony. When I look at my clock, I feel like it's about that time. Well, it is about that time, Conrad. Uh, and uh, I do want to say that uh, with us now is Sunny. And she's got red lipstick on, and she and Lois are going to have a discussion now about Batman, the Batcave, and about looking in the mirror, and about uh, refurbishing my home in South Texas. And I'm desperately out of time. Oh, well, there's Sonny again on a replay. We'll see you next week on What Happened When on the MLW Radio Network. How'd you like it, Chris? Okay? Oh, it's fan-fucking-tastic. Thank you, buddy. And as always, to our fans on Patron. Patron. <laughs>